What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rico's Watches Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm joined today by not one, but two very esteemed guests uh, from the Watch Fam. A couple of guys that have, uh, you know, kind of are part of the the larger circle of people I've interviewed over the last year and some, and uh, I, I'm really excited that we're finally here and, and ready to do that. I'm here chatting with, uh, on Instagram, known as Wound Wheels and Clocks on the Rocks, but uh, I know them as Eddie and Alex, and they're a couple of good friends that I'm happy to chat with. How's it going today, boys? Going great. I had a little pizza and have a little drink now and hanging out with you, man, and I'm excited. Sun's out. No, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that we're able to do this, and uh, I think it's it's been a long time coming. And and now that you know we've been able, or I've been able to kind of work my way through, I guess you know the the, the Instagram watch fam that we're all sort of a part of. It, it was you know a natural progression that I would land on you guys. I've I'm not gonna lie, I've been avoiding it. You guys got that intimidating personality together. When yeah. you guys when you guys get together, you're a lot to handle. So I'm a little nervous, but I think we'll get through it today. We'll be everyone's gonna be fine. Cool, cool, sweet. Um, before we kind of dive into you know a little bit about you guys and and uh, your history and 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 you know what the Watch Fam is to you guys and how you guys formed your friendship, what do you both got on the wrist today? Uh, well, I'll, uh, I'll go first. Yeah, so I have the uh, brand new Timex GMT. Nice. Uh, the Batman, the Uncrate Special, which is kind of weird. I, I, I got a bone to pick with Timex. Uh, but so far, I uh, absolutely love the watch. It's extremely solid. I think I like it a little better. I, I've tried on the Q. I never owned the Q. But I think it's the, the actual watch feels pretty solid. Um, this is kind of like my, my moon watch replacement, I think. All the craziness around the moon watch and, and kind of swatches inability to kind of just help the cut get get product out to the customer fast enough you know this came across and uh, i absolutely fell in love with him a big batman fan too so i had to pull the trigger on it. that's beautiful piece yeah i think uh you know timex is one of those brands where they've really started to make a serious comeback and a name for themselves like they're sort of really starting to reestablish that reputation they had at the height of their popularity and they're coming out with some awesome pieces and and you know some historically uh you know uh, historical pieces from their archives but also modernizing them in a really contemporary way that i think people are really really uh, resonating with and yeah when you have brands like swatch that can't fulfill orders you know, it's natural people are going to start looking at other options. And I think Timex is a phenomenal one, particularly in that price point, for sure. It's a beautiful watch. Very exciting to, to see one or have one on the show here. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We are wearing the Bulova surfboard. This is the quartz model, the method quartz model, not the automatic model. Um, on a Heimdaller, yeah, I Heimdaller uh, mesh bracelet. Um, I'm a little bit of a sucker for uh, water resistance in a watch mm. and chronographs, so this fits the bill for me. Uh, nice little practical watch on a Sunday afternoon to join in with the quartz Timex. And is that a like kind of historical reissue as well? Of yeah. uh, is that sort of like the the six 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 diver chrono that they had, or, or is yep. it inspired by something else? So it has that unique like oval kind of shaped dial around the bicompact subdials, right? Right. So I I looked into them because. Um, a, old Boulevard chronographs are, are super cool. Actually, any mm-hmm. old chronograph is super cool. Manual wind, automatics, and, you know, there are even some awesome Seikos from the early uh, 80s, which are like works of art, right? They're just fantastic mm-hmm. chronographs. 
But what, what really attracted me to this watch was just the aesthetics of it, right? The dial is so different. And then when I started to you know, kind of read up on it a, a, a little bit, I realized that these 1970s watches that they issued, they were the devil diver, diver type style, you know, 100 meter um, manual wine chronographs. And they decided to do the reissue. Uh, the reissue automatic is around two, about 2,500, I want to say, somewhere in there. But they give you a quartz model for 600. Mm. So, you know, for me, just a grab-and-go quartz really fit the bill. I like it a lot, actually. I like it a lot more than, like, than I thought I was going to like it. Um, but, yeah, they've definitely done a good job with taking some of their older models and putting them out with a modern touch to it. I wish more brands would do that. I'm talking to you directly, Seiko. Um, that would be nice to see them resurrect some watches and bring them out. To your point about Timex, Timex has done a great job, you know, kind of reinventing themselves the last couple of years and, you know, really getting the attraction of not just folks in the mall, but also watch nerds, people that are enthusiasts about it. Uh, Casio's done a good job with it. Timex has done a, a great job with it. And you see brands like Bulova and Citizen and other brands also uh, telling the line. Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting point about Seiko, particularly. I mean, that's a lovely watch. I love, you know, Bulova is a, a great history, and that that piece in itself is a fantastic history. It's beautiful, right? Like, it's it's a really, really nice watch. So, I mean, it's it's awesome you brought that on the show today to to talk about. But the the point she made about Seiko is, is very interesting in that, you know, they know their market. They've been existing consistently for what over a hundred years now, at least, you know probably 70 or eight or 60 or 70 years in their current kind of iteration as a company of a modern wristwatch company. Um, and, but they've, they seems like every time they're willing to kind of go out and take a risk and try something different, it always ends up being like a very expensive, uh, limited edition, or if they're you know going back into something kind of from an archive point of view, like for example, like they had the, the King Seiko reissue, right? which was really, really cool. It was neat to see that come back. Obviously, King Seiko, Grand Seiko has always sort of been synonymous with a higher price point in the catalog. But then they come out and they offered it, like, what is it, almost $3,000, I think it's going for now, or 2500 or something like that. So yeah, we could probably have a full show on, on King Seiko and kind of what they could do. And I know there's been conversation like, oh, well, you, know, you have the two thing, right? And you go back in the history of King Seiko versus Grand Seiko, which is yeah. like two different factories. Right? Yeah. So you have this competition, and so in essence, they're they are on this should have been mm -hmm. on the same level, right? Mm -hmm. Grand Seiko has clearly taken off. I think the enthusiasts have just grabbed a hold of that. I don't think there's a watch enthusiast that, that will kind of stick their nose up at Grand Seiko For now, sure. um, where they might have maybe five years ago that they're like, eh, it's a it's just a Seiko, it's just a oh, it's top yeah, it's not Swiss, right? I guess when I they own that right when they really dive into the. Um... You know the catalog though like i i guess like what i'm trying to get at is sort of like they really focus heavy on their dive watches right like you for you know they, they come out with the reissue which is always very expensive and then they come out with sort of a modern version that's a little bit more uh affordably priced i mean their prices have been going up year after year anyways but you know a little bit more affordably priced for example like the the willard reissues and and the 62 moss reissues that they sort of put their own spin on at the more affordable price point um but to your point about the chronographs is like that's a, such a huge part of Seiko's history is these these chronographs and like even at the high price points it's hard to get like a nice Seiko chronograph and there's none that really um you know go into that history that they've established over time and I, I find that's don't have an affordable I mean their, their affordable chronograph isn't that uh what is that that's around two grand I think yeah 
Yeah, the automatic. Yeah. But you know, like you know, I have a six one three nine with me here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, another another topic that you could probably do a whole podcast on is just how how does Seiko when they were, I mean, even when they announced it, when they they didn't make a big deal about it, they just mm-hmm. they production here it is. This is what we're doing. Um, you know, beating the Swiss out to production for actual sale. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, we always we, that's conversation we probably had a hundred times. Or how do we not, how is Seiko not even just try to put something together? They are, to your point, with so much attention on their retro or their vintage divers, and they are ratcheting up that price point. And I, I think someone, you know, you can get a, a clean code. I think people pay $2,000 right now for a 69 code, right? So why wouldn't we, do, why wouldn't you try to capitalize that and have an automatic chronograph movement? Why not capitalize on that? Well, and they have such a, a variety of designs in their uh, vintage catalog as well for for chronographs whether it's the bullheads it's the 6138s it's the 6139s like all that stuff and they have so much opportunity to go into these historical designs that and, and what's what's cool about them too is that they were affordable watches like they were a watch that you know a man could go and buy a mechanical or an automatic chronograph and not break the bank and have a really good piece that'll stand the, stand the test of time. Same with, you know, they have like these, these little cool like wrist alarms with the Bellmatics and things like that as well. I'm a, I'm a huge Bellmatic fan. It's a beautiful oh, movement. Yeah. I mean, it would be really hard to replicate that movement, I think, at the price point they were selling them at back then. But obviously, with when you talk about the economy of scale that, you know, um, uh, that Seiko has access to, I mean, they could be, they could, I think, conceivably be making. Uh, you know, twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollar chronograph that could be the every man's mechanical chronograph that guys could go out and buy and really enjoy some historical design from. And it's just, I think it's a shame they haven't really accessed that part of their um, ability to, you know, create something like that for people because they're so focused on the uh, the dive watches right now. Seiko is a brand that I like love to hate, right? Mm. But I love Seiko, right? So what I'm driving at is there's there's really two things, right? As we get into this hobby. You learn about in-house movements. Oh my God, this this Swiss brand uses an Eta movement, not in-house. You're just mm-hmm. buying a case, man. Why waste your money? Well, mm-hmm. that's not really true, right? You're buying a great watch. Mm-hmm. But with Seiko, everything that they do is in-house. It's all their own movements, whether it's mm-hmm. a quartz movement or whether it's an automatic movement, whether it's a Grand Seiko or a King Seiko or a Seiko Auto or even a SKX. And I'll get to that in just a second. But it's in-house. They've designed that watch mm-hmm. from the ground up entirely by themselves with no outside influence they're not borrowing someone's copyright for how their column wheel works on their automatics back in the 70s they invented it mm-hmm. right so what i'm driving at is like for seiko not to offer to your point the 1200 every man or every person's uh chronograph is really kind of you know what do you think in seiko you know and then my last gripe and then i'll be quiet is you know, of all the watches you offer, of everything you offer people out there, you're going to discontinue the SKX. That's the one you decide. You know what? I'm, we're done with this one. You can release all the all the Seiko fives you want, but don't stop making the watch that really puts you on the map with watch collectors. Yeah, That's just my yeah. take. I mean, the SKX replaced the six three zero nines, right? And then they sort of brought back the SRP triple seven to replace the SKX. I think at you know, with at that level of capability mm-hmm. that the SKX had, but you're right now, it almost seems like a slap in the face just to offer those those fives that use the SKX case. Like it almost seems like they're like, wow, we have like 10 million of these cases sitting in a warehouse, and we got to get rid of these. So let's come up with something cheap, quick, and easy that we can slap together and sell people at a discount, right? Versus you know 
that you get up to that next level when you get to the, now the prospects line, which would be the, you know, the SRP triple sevens and things like that. And it's cool to see those come back. But yeah, like when you have the following and the popularity that the the, the SKX had, I mean, it, it just seems like a shame to have it be gone. And it would almost be better if they had just gotten rid of it and didn't try to come up with anything that even remotely came close to tr be trying to be it. You know what I mean? Like that, like the Seiko Five lines that they've put out now. It's almost like I'm a. Even put out this is that they don't have to do much on what they already have. Like that tooling exists for a screw down crown. Mm -hmm. Right, they have the ability to weld in a, a, a screw down tube. Mm -hmm. They already have a screw down back. Mm -hmm. They've already put the money on dials and, and, and the four R movement. The fact that they haven't done it yet mm -hmm. at this point, like okay, you want to roll out, and, and the five KX has done remarkably well. Mm -hmm. It has sold gangbusters for the company. It has totally reinvigorated a whole new thing because it, let's face it, it, that case design. Uh, as a turtle fan, as a, as a guy with a big seven and a half inch plus wrist, turtle feels fine. The SKX has always been the right size watch. Mm. I think a lot more people love it because you look at look at the five KX, look at the, the dress KX. People fought, fawn over that thing and they, they love it. They've made a million variations of it. At this point, to not all they have to do is just put a screw a screw down tube, and then and then they could for 400, 500 bucks sell an skx with a prospect x on it or not or mm. they would assume they're going to do that but why wouldn't you do that you've made enough money for the last what four years now we've had five kx and variations mm. why not why not do it you have it I mean, you, you you're moving up market bring an skx at, at 490 499 with a screw down with a screw down crown 200 meters make it the watch mm. uh, people, people are paying that twice that much now for for, for similar watches. So why wouldn't people do it for an, an SKX? All you had to do was just take your SKX lineup, whatever you want to call it now, you can change it, you know, you can do prospects, whatever you want to do. And just increase the price by a couple hundred bucks. You can still do your 5KXs. No, no one's saying you shouldn't, right? But I think you actually kind of lost some of your real diehard fans when you decided to, you know, to, using your words, slap them in the face by saying, oh yeah, no more. What? I feel like the next iteration of the SKX that we're going to see is going to be like a, you know, $2,000 six, you know, six yeah. series movement variant. That's going to be the, you know, the limited edition reissue of the watch. And, you know, guys like you and me are going to be standing here being like, we used to buy that watch for sometimes like 75 bucks when they were used off a of watch you seek and stuff like that. Right. And now they want to charge us, you know, 2,500 bucks for a reissue because they're only making a thousand of them and slapping a 6R15 in it. Right. Like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't want to Seiko up too much here. That's like, that's You're not right, my yeah. favorite. Yeah, they're probably, my favorite fans, yeah. probably my favorite brand. Right. But mm. what I'll say is this five years ago, someone getting into the hobby, Hey, what should I do getting into the hobby? Mm -hmm. Go buy yourself a Seiko automatic diver. Just go. Mm -hmm. Whatever your price point is, you'll find one, get one. Now I probably wouldn't tell someone to do that. Yeah, fair enough. So I have, I have here. This is, I know it's not sold in the United States. Stop so showing off. This is one of my favorite. Showing off. This is a Citizen. Yes. Uh, automatic diver, so it uses an eight series movement. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one's, this one's got the hacking. Nice. Uh, it's titanium. Yeah. This is bracelet, Beautiful. Glass, solid. It, it weighs like three ounces. Mm -hmm. uh, automatic movement. You can. I know that's not sold. I think I, uh, on Amazon I did see it for like three fifty. Mm -hmm. 
I know that citizen, I, 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 the word's out on the street already that citizen's going to come out with a, um, uh, their vintage, again, their, their citizen, you had talked to citizen, citizen says, hey, listen, actually, we were the kings of the Japanese dive watch world in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. We, Seiko just happened, you know, at some point, citizen just went all in on Eco Drive, I think, and mm-hmm. kind of walked away. But, um, you know, you, Citizen offered, they have these divers available now. I know they just brought them back out to to, to North America, and, and they have another one coming. I think that's that's been leaked 100 times. I think, the, I think the price point, if they get the price point, you can get, and it's going to be titanium, and it's going to be about the same. It's going to have a 9,000 series movement, which is a higher beat movement, uh, on a bracelet. If you can get it to under $1,000, mm-hmm. when, the, when, the, when the 62 <clears throat> MAFs reissue out now, I think it's like, Twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars on either way. It's around or somewhere. Don't quote me on that. It, it that's a that's gonna that's gonna kill it. And I, and I hope that a the watch fam, the watch enthusiasts out there, absorb that. They take that and run with it and, and buy it and, and buy the palette. And then Seiko just sits there going, "Oh my God, what do we, we we we've rested on our laurels for too long?" Because I guess in in Seiko's defense, they haven't had competition. Yeah, I mean, you can say, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got a lot of micro brands that have kind mm-hmm. of eaten that space, but no one, no one on that level has kind of really challenged them. And I mean, Hamilton has another another brand that brings up a lot of stuff that doesn't get a lot of a lot of action. That new chronograph they offer is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, no one's got no no one can can challenge them on that one to one head on. And I and I hope that this new Citizen Diver comes out again in titanium under a thousand dollars. Is the word on the street? If that happens, off the charts. And to follow up with with what you're saying, right? Like you said earlier, that the mall up in Edmonton is banging, right? Orange Julius, you get the pretzels, the whole thing. But you know, we have to make mall watches cool again, right? Yeah. So you walk into Macy's and you can get one of these. You can get yeah. one of those. Yeah. By the glare, you can mm-hmm. get one of those. Now, hopefully, you'll be able to get one of these soon too. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that you know you can't walk into a mall or any department store and buy a micro brand they they you you you're forced to buy that online you're married yeah. to that yeah so for the pedestrian watch person you know you, you know back to your point you know citizens going to release some stuff that's going to put seiko in the shade and good for citizens for paying attention well i think you, you bring up a really interesting point there and, and we'll I'll kind of wrap this up just so we can move into actually chatting about you guys, which is why we're here. But this is, this is a fun conversation. I'm enjoying it. But it, it's, it's you know, so you're right. It's like Seiko's moved, moving themselves up brand or up market while re- really resting on their laurels. And I think you, you bring up a very interesting point with Citizen because they're almost always kind of the afterthought to Seiko, particularly in North America. But they've realized that now that Seiko's left that price point, they're really sitting pretty with no real competition. And, and they're just, they're really, they're upping their game now because you're right. The people who enjoyed Seiko is because they were reasonably priced and affordable, you know, and they still remember that era where they were reasonably priced and affordable. They're not, they don't want to pay $800, $900 for a dive watch when they can still get a really, really nice one for $400, $500 from Citizen, has a ton of its own heritage and is an absolute awesome timepiece right and to your point about like micro brands and and other brands too like this you you talk about that awesome citizen that's coming out it's a great point but like again like i'm wearing my arkin today that just arrived i love this piece it's but full titanium it's got a 9000 series miota movement in it 500 bucks 
right? Like when you're starting, you're starting to get into competition now where you have full titanium watches with 9,000 series movements, phenomenal uh, specs and, um, and, and build quality. You know, people are going to start as they start to find out more about these micro brands, which I think with this new generation of people coming into the watch space, it's already starting to see it happen and they want something different. You're going to start to see that eat out of a lot of these uh, other brands that are now just kind of resting on their laurels and Seiko moving, moving up market. I mean, when you start moving into that $1,200 range, um, you know, there's a lot of competition. Right, I mean, you got Oris not far above that now at the two thousands. Another, another fan of the uh, well, another, another, another uh, brand on the show that I'm a fan of, and, and you know, I'm going to be talking to you later this month. Zodiac, right? They're coming, they're they're coming out of left field like crazy right now. They're small batch watches. Their price points almost all start at right around twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars. You're getting a Swiss watch. And, and once you get over the fossil group thing, right, and you realize kind of that they operate independently and they're their own, you know, they're their own brand doing their own thing, they're creating a phenomenal watch for the price point and the value that they're, that they're giving you, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, Swiss has that connotation where it's like, well, I want, if I can get the Swiss watch for the same price as the Japanese watch, I know which way I'm going to go, right? That's from the, from the consumer point of view. So it's, yeah. you know. There needs to be some change, and and, and then you're right. I'll, I'll I'll end it just by saying Seiko. If anyone here, anyone there is watching this, I doubt they are, but if they are, you know, we love you. You'll 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 always you'll always be a you'll always be special to all of us and everyone in the watch fam. But I think these are valid criticisms that you know maybe need to be listened to. But enough of poo pooing Seiko. I don't need my DMs getting blown up. Uh, you know, next week when this episode drops. So. Someone at Seiko right now is wiping away their tears with hundred dollar bills. Oh, exactly. They don't. They don't care about what they're, I they're, have. They're, again. They're, they're looking at sales numbers, going, "What are you guys talking about? Yeah. We can't breathe with all the money that's coming in." Yeah, yeah. But, but again, because no one's really challenging. And, 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 and yes, micro brands have a hundred percent made an impact. I mean, I, I don't. Have, I, right now, if I pull my phone out, I think I have a notice in the cart. Uh, the new Avalon 2. I have a brew in the cart. I have nice. all these watches in the cart. And it just all it's going to take is just one too much bourbon one day, a real rough day, or a really good day. It's going to be today. Yeah. yeah. And it just takes a little poop and, and, and a quick, and it's going to come my way. Um, and I think, again, and, and all of them combined together, I think it, a, a brand like Citizen mm -hmm. is primed to take up a lot of that and really challenge them. Uh -huh. Where if you want, if you have, Let's say fifteen hundred dollars, right, to spend on a well-made watch. Period, whether it be Swiss or whatever, because you have Zodiac. To your point, right, you have a lot of watches in a fifteen hundred dollar price gap, um, where you can put your money on, on a lot of quality stuff. Seiko, I think, starts to slowly fall out of the conversation. You start, you know, I know their quality has gotten better somewhat. They've made some changes to their production, but again, right now, if you say, "Hey, listen," if, right now, if we look in the chat, right. Uh, someone's gonna say, "Well, Seiko, oh, well, bezel misalignment, and da 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 da." It's gonna happen, right? So, Citizen doesn't have that type of baggage. Um, that thing runs runs about ten seconds fast a day. Um, I don't. Again, they don't. Their, their baggage might be wall watch, eco drive, you know, these Invicta level like forty eight millimeter, mm -hmm. nine thousand, you know, complication. The Invicta killer. Yeah, right, exactly. They have a lot of they have a lot of that. They have a lot of mall watch level stuff. Um and it and it kind of wants to go back to hey, listen, how does Citizen change that? What are they gonna do different moving forward? Um, I think well some of the stuff they've been showing recently, they've been hitting hard. The whole mm -hmm. citizen group, Bulba, with, with, with the surfboard, 
FC, um, Alpina, like all love these guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I love them. Absolutely love them. So, so we have a buddy that works for, for Volvo and, or Citizen. You, you want to wrap it up, but our goal is to have him actually move up to Seiko. Mm. This is like deep state stuff, man. We're like undercover. There We're trying go. to get more people in our little community, in these brands, to have them hear us. But all kidding aside, it would be nice to see Seiko listen to their fans. Right. Well, I think ultimately what's going to come down to is just the dollar bills, right? When they start to see that, when they start to see that uh, impact in the uh, sales reports every every year, year after year, they're going to go, okay, well, we need to change something, and hopefully they go back in the internet archives and find this important episode and take all of our recommendations and you know, airdrop us a hefty consulting fee or something like that. No, I don't want to pay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. TPL twenty, TPL twenty, TPL twenty code. That'd be so, great. Uh, just throw me a throw me an uh, an SKX 009 reissue for our. I'm gonna throw it my way in a nice little presentation box. Thanks for everything. XOXO out. That's fine. I, 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 I come off cheap. I yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that was a riveting uh, little side quest we went on. But now back on to the main mission here, lads. Yeah. Where did this all start for you? How, uh, talk about I guess your guys' friendship and how that formed okay. and and the role that watches kind of played in that. I'm not lying to you right now. Seiko is where it started, and I'm, this is not an exaggeration. So right across the street from us here is a beer garden in Asbury Park, New Jersey, mm-hmm. right? And um, my wife and I are known to frequent it. And a couple of years ago, a couple, God, now, what, five years ago now? I guess it's, right? Almost six years ago. I'm sitting there. I'm probably waiting for my wife to come meet me. I'm flipping through Instagram, and I look at the location that I'm at, right? And I see... The Asbury Park, you know, Fest Hall location. I see all these different, you know, bridal shower pictures and whatever. And I see a Seiko. Someone has a Seiko patio on and took a wrist shot at my beer garden. And I'm like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Right? Like, who's this person think he is at my beer garden where I post my watches only? This is my turf. So I go to his Instagram and I see Wound Wheels and I click on it and I see, well, Wound Wheels is posts like all the time from Ocean Grove, New Jersey, which is the town across the lake which is right next to the beer garden yeah thousands yeah dangerous right anyways so i reach out to this guy and it's him and i said hey man you know you look like like you're a watch nerd and i'm a watch nerd you want to get together and have a few beers and talk about watches and that's exactly how it started yeah yep. that's really uh, cool we got, a, we got a message and i remember I to my wife so I, I met my wife online uh through online dating before it kind of got really weird with, with Tinder. Um, so I met my wife online, uh, going to be almost 10 years. And I was like, hey, I, I, there's this guy who just shot me a message. He's at the beer garden. He goes all the time. Uh, but he's a big fan of watches. And, and uh, looked at, you know, I looked at his site, and you see his, his Submariner and a couple of watches. I'm like, God, oh, this is this is going to be great. Like, I had just gotten the watch hobby. And that's how our friendship started. Um, and ever since then, I mean, it has, we're what, you know, Eddie likes to say watch fam is real fam. Um, it has become absolutely insane. So I guess the fast forward through the last six years, uh, at some point, uh, a woman that worked with Eddie's wife, um, we were trying to set her up with my brother. That, yeah, so Eddie wow. did that. Eddie did that. Um, and it was like, hey, is your, you know, is your brother single? So we actually got them together. We actually had a date right at the same beer garden. Um, and they're they're married and, and have a kid with another one on the way. So we say like watches, Seiko's have brought us together. And why Seiko needs to listen to us more 
right? It, it, there has brought a lot of, we've brought a lot of stuff to a lot of our relationships. Eddie's been, Eddie was at my wedding. Um, he didn't give me away, but he was at my wedding. I wanted to. I know, he, he tried. He couldn't get out of work early enough, so I, I had to go with, with dad. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you only get married once, I guess. So, but yeah, so, you know, Eddie and I have become best friends. And uh, we, when I used to live across the street, unfortunately for our friendship, I've, I've moved about a whole 20 minutes away. Uh, which requires a lot of uh, with traffic lights. Right. There's a lot of lights in Asbury. Yeah, right. So within that 20 minutes, it's a lot of driving, and you know, and we do a lot of drinking. Where I, before I there was a a footpath, and I just came over the, that glacial lake we talked about. I would be here, beer garden Tuesdays and Thursdays was pretty consistent. Pretty much, yeah, for years. Yeah, yeah, for years. Yeah. For yeah, for up until 2019 when I when I moved into our house. And, and what's funny, Rico, is that the two of us had, you know, it's just the two of us. Right, so we get together and we talk about watches and drinks and beers on Tuesdays or Thursdays, and we're like, man, we we could use like a third person in our group. Like, wouldn't it be awesome? We could vote on stuff. We could do, you know, we can figure stuff out now, you know. Um, so it took us years to find a third wheel, and now the third wheels turned into forty wheels. Really, it's been it's been fantastic. We've met we've met a lot of local folks. Some of them have been on your on your on your show here, right? A few, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and it's just you know back to what Alex said. Watch fam is real fam. I mean, you get together now, and the wrist shots are probably not even going to happen. You talk about kids, talk about life, work, what's going on. You know, uh, thirty dollars straps from China, stuff like that. You just talk about whatever comes yeah. up, and it's just it, it's a lot of fun because hobbyists like hobbies, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I, I don't have any children, so I'm not going to meet dudes through T-ball and little leagues, like little league and stuff like that. So for me, I need to figure out what hobbies I'm into that I can go meet people at. You know, for mm-hmm. one of them are, are watches. I go to the beach a lot. Uh, the beach is like right there. So I met some great folks to the beach. Beach fam, watch fam are separate because no one on the beach fam cares about watches. And we could talk about that too, Al. People think you're nuts talking about watches, but it's mm-hmm. a great hobby to get into, and mm-hmm. that's how we met. And to Alex's point, we've become really good friends. Yeah. Well, let's let's dive into that then. What do you think it is about, uh, I guess, the watch fam that is so unique and sort of about this like shared craziness that we all have about these timepieces that no one else really gets? Like, what is it that you think really helped you kind of connect with, you know, each other uh, within this hobby, and then additionally expand out so much more? snobbery or the lack thereof you know that was my first fear going to my first rolex forum meetup i brought my wife i'm like look we we might be there nine minutes Mm -hmm. you know we might literally have overpaid for parking by 51 minutes here because who knows i was afraid of not afraid of bad work i was i was hesitant because i didn't want to deal with the fact that oh this guy's just showing up with just one watch oh who cares about that guy Mm -hmm. but when i started to meet people through these get-togethers I realized that snobbery is not a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. All watches are welcome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the I think that's the most important trait, mm-hmm. right? Politics aside, your background aside, your your livelihood, all that stuff is nonsense. So we're here to talk about wristwatches. Mm-hmm. And then eventually those friendships form because that's just a gateway to introduce yourself to people without being weird. Like, hey, how's your steak? You, you can't walk up to someone in a restaurant and make conversation about your dinner. Right. So you have to have something in common. Mm-hmm. Watches are a great commonality. And there have been a few duds. We've, we've come across some folks like, you know, you know what, maybe these people weren't for us. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, their politics are too much in my face or whatever it might be. You know what? I'm I'm good. Um, 
but now it's been like this really this waterfall of great people local people too which is mm-hmm. which is fantastic mm-hmm. that's worked out really well because as we start to bring in you know one two people and like oh hey listen i know there's this other guy I, went, I, got, you know, I work with and he doesn't live too far from here um or you know we, especially instagram instagram has really helped us kind of pull some more people together um uh, so we're at a point we have a, we have a pretty good chat going so it goes back a little bit actually oh, we'll say covid yeah. Pre, right a little bit of January, we had all got all these people from the, the the New York, New Jersey area talking together. Hey, listen, let's let's all show up to Red Bar and I, mm-hmm. let's go one step back because we was like a it was like a, it was a November night we rainy were night to meet in Red Bar on Wednesday the 18th yeah. of March of 2020, and the world shut down like that Tuesday the 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're saying about something else though. Look, Red Bar one night in New York. Rainy, um, and it, it, it probably put a lot of people off. Hey, listen, I'm not going to go to Red Bar, but it was coming down. Is that the late work night? That was late work. Yeah, yeah. So we we go there, and I have I got my six one three nine on. We had some good Seiko stuff. Um, Eddie has a seventy uh, Seiko seventy sixteen again, phenomenal Seiko chronograph, flyback chronograph, flyback. right? Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Um, you have all these different watches, so we all go there. We're sitting down at this table. Mm-hmm. And there's about eight people all together. One guy has a, a long A Zeitwerk. He puts it on the table, and we must. We were like a bunch of ten year olds looking at this thing. And he scrolls it back. He's like, "You guys want to see the, the date windows? The time change from eight fifty nine to nine o'clock?" We're like, "Absolutely, of course." So it's he, a long A. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't have two of these at home. So he he wound them up and got a set. And we're all sitting there watching it, and it clicks. We're like, "Whoa, that was cool!" He goes, "You want to see it again?" Unanimous, absolutely, bud. Let's make it happen. But we got to so the people were picking up our watches, our, our vintage Seiko stuff, and they were looking at it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't know about this. I never heard about this. Something. Another guy showed up. He had a uh, Daytona. He put it on a table. People were like, "Oh, is it a Daytona?" <clears throat> yeah, it's just uh, okay. And they just, oh, oh, can I can I see that Seiko again? Can you bring it over here? Some guy rolled in. He had a bunch of uh, Russian watches. Um, Firefighter with that panorama. Yeah, yeah, he had a panorama. Yeah, yeah. Well, all panorama. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We're done. Okay, dude. Yeah. We came out with a forty-two. Uh, lug width. Yeah, forty-four 42. millimeter. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get a. I gotta get a torque wrench to, to tighten keep, up my lug. Keep up here. Yeah, I gotta use a torque wrench to put straps. I'm gonna on. get an auto to get my lugs changed out. <laughs> I'm drifting. Yeah. I, I, I apologize. Hey, that's all, you know, I I, I don't know if, uh, you might have to shill the TPL stuff a little bit harder. You might hurt Jeremy's feelings, so, and Ralph. So let's talk about, we're we going to have a Jeremy time. So, so there was a time, I met a young man, eager guy, owns a Panerai, tall, tall dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't necessarily think he sounds like a tall guy, and you meet him and he's like, hey, Panerai, obviously he's a, he's a giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like a, a 38 mil on his wrist. But we all had coffee in, in a Starbucks at a hotel not too far from where Eddie works. Uh, meet up with them, and we're, we meet with Jeremy. I think he had what maybe 500 followers. Um, you know, he was just trying to figure out how how to work the camera on his phone. And it was you know, very early beginnings of, of the TPL craze, and uh, but I, I think he was probably one of our first ads to the group where. We were like, wow, this guy is like, he is, he has a lot of energy and uh, I don't want to, I hope you can cut this part out. Jeremy is the most delightful, 
positive man I have ever met in my entire life. I love him. I can't help it. We can't help him. I bought a shirt for a reason. I can't help it. I can't. I, I don't know how to this show that emotion. This, part, this is never to be aired. Never. I don't know how to show that as the elder brother of, of, of two, three. I don't uh, I don't know how to show that. Uh, so I only show it in aggression and ball busting. So um, I give Jeremy both barrels all the time and probably too much sometimes. Uh, I know that he deep down inside, but he, because he's so positive, he knows it's all for the love. Um, but we all met Jeremy, and, and the first time we got through, he had a, he had a uh, like an Art Deco a Hamilton chronograph, 7750. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, wow, this thing is like, there's a lot going on on this dial. But, you know, it's a, it's a typical 7750, three-register <laughs> chronograph, um, tuxedo dial. And he couldn't change the date. He couldn't change the date. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a little, there should be a little button right there. Just hit the button. I'll change the date. He goes, are you, are you kidding me? He's like, I've had this watch for like five years. And like, yeah, I just like, hit the button. He goes, oh my God, I, I love this watch now. I, I, I've had to like constantly have to go back and forth. On and I think that kind of solidified our, our friendship overall. Um, and now Jeremy's got, I think, just under half a million followers. I don't know. Uh, he's famous. Uh, if you use TPL20 discount code on any platform, I've used it on Amazon a couple of times. I've got, I use it on Whole Foods. Uh, saves you a significant amount of money if you haven't used it yet. Changing a lot on our most recent uh, car lease. Yeah. Actually, we were able to get a good discount yeah. on helped, the vehicle. Helped you yeah. save a bundle on car insurance. I did. I did. I, I, I got a, I got a really good discount on my homeowners now, insurance. he's a, you know, Jeremy's. Um, Jeremy's kind of become our 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 little ringleader actually mm. because he's gone from to Alex's point from 500 followers to literally what, 15,000. I I I stopped keeping track, but. It's nice to see the growth that he's had mm -hmm. on Instagram because nowadays growth is only done by buying followers, I suppose, or whatever the hell you do. Uh, back in the day, you could you could you could have organic growth just by content. Mm -hmm. and that's kind of gone away. Uh, Jeremy's the outlier there. He's 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 all about content, and that mm -hmm. content has definitely yielded results with his feed. His feed's blown up in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're really happy for him. We 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 make fun of him, but we're very happy. Not a single drug shot. No, no yep. cleavage. No thirst traps. Nope, not at all. No, no. Well, he had that one with where he was naked. He was naked. He no, had that. No that, that was weird. No foot stuff. Remember, he had his the the he had his legs in the air for the one shot. Remember that one? He did the leg shot. He yeah, did, he, he, he that did was. That. I mean, that's probably where he got about two thousand followers. That was odd. A lot of his, a lot of it is. If you ever meet Jeremy, I know he was on your podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeremy's enthusiasm is genuine. That's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's not. He's not making that up. And and you have Johnny on the on the yep. podcast as well too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Johnny's a menace. So Johnny and Ralph, two people that you had on, they're both menaces. Don't don't remove this part. It it's a, it's a revolving door of awesome watches. Yes. Revolving door, well, revolving door means stuff Ralph means Johnny doesn't need. No, <laughs> you're right. Johnny's a vacuum. Johnny's a vacuum. Right. Ralph is a vacuum. Now Neil, Neil's a revolving, Neil's a revolving door. door, and that's what's the beauty about we've saved on top of TPL twenty, but Neil's helped us save so much money because if you wanted to watch, he's got it coming in. The part, the problem that we have with Neil is you have thirty days. If, yeah, if you have thirty days, maybe if he doesn't already have a buyer on the back end, you have thirty days to get to his house, go ooh, and put it down because it's going to go in a box and it's going to be gone. 
Neil doesn't keep stuff for 90 days. I don't know if it's part of his marriage contract or not. Um, but the man doesn't know, doesn't know how to stay still. Hmm. Uh, and thank God, because again, I don't have to buy, I don't, do I have to wait on a 10 year waiting list for the new Submariner? No, I just got to wait for Neil to get one. And then he has it and then he sells it and then he gets, Oh, we got the new 36 millimeter Explorer. Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay, great. And oh, oh, wow. You have the new no time to die uh, Seamaster. Awesome. I don't have to, we don't have to buy watches. We just have to be friends with Neil. And that has been the, the major factor while we've kept him. He's also a nice guy. He's a great guy. The no time to die though, that is, um, I like Seamaster for these. I'm only human. But the no time to die is a special breed of Seamaster. It mm-hmm. is just, well, I'm like speechless. So quite because, honestly, it's, so, it's a fantastic Omega. It's it, it is remarkable. Dive watch guy and in lieu of getting a Submariner, which is awesome. Does kid knows somebody? But I I I really like the Seamaster when the Seamaster got updated. And one night, all of us we all had a, our our gathering. We did a, a thing not too far to a city called Red Bank. And no offense, no affiliation to Red Bar, the Red Bank. So we had a we, we had this meeting and Neil brought he had I think he had a regular Seamaster at the time. He also had the No Time to Die and I put I put both of them on. I absolutely just fell in love with it and I bought it. So um, I've had my Seamaster now. It's gonna be one year. Nice. Um, but that kind of solidified it for me. And, and I know there's a lot of like, oh well, you know, the, the helium escape valve and, and tapered braces. Oh, there's no helium. Yeah, there's no helium coming in or out on that bad boy. Best, best dive watch ever made. Yeah, it's a classic. Ever, ever. ever. Yeah. And then here's another dive watch. Just right. Best ever. Just oh yeah, dive watch. Just something like that. dive watch. Just, I made, made one town over. That's Listen, it. I I am just I am just a humble platform for you to share your views. So <laughs> whatever, w- whatever you guys believe that you that is. The best, or do you want to have no helium? I leave it up to you. Helium never bothered me. What do I care about helium? I don't care. All helium matters to me. Well, I you know, I think you both have wonderful collections, <laughs> and, and I love all your watches equally. There you go. That's that's awesome. That that's really cool. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that everybody is sort of like uh, you know you, you're describing all these different personalities that you know people have had the opportunity to already speak to or listen to on the show. And it's it's interesting to hear sort of how everybody sort of fills a different role uh, within your uh, your group. It's almost sort of like you know the group that you've created is sort of like a microcosm of the wider uh, watch fam. And I think that that's something that's really kind of interesting and, and you know, it, it, it plays to all the different sorts of roles and personalities that are within, I guess, the, the watch fam or the, the Instagram community or just the watch community as a whole. And, you know, Eddie, back to a point that you brought up with regards to snobbery, um, I think it's one of those things where people are, are aware that snobbery is a thing. It's, it is a thing probably in just about any hobby. Um, I think that it's sort of one of those universal rules within the watch community, you brought up a point again, that was very, that was very apt, which was, you know, we don't, it's one of those spots where like everybody's coming here because it's something they genuinely enjoy. We all have lives, we have jobs, we have politics, we have, you know, stuff going on at home, whatever you have going on, right? And 
for people to be able to have this escape away from all of that. I think I think the watch community is very protective of that. And most people understand that. And I think that that's sort of one of the things that really makes this community so special is that you're able to have, you know, people from all different walks of life come together and have a genuinely good conversation. And it's sort of that great unifier where it's like, hey, maybe there's someone who you don't politically agree with them or you don't, you don't, you know, you don't like, you know, something about what they do for work or whatever, but you're still able to say, hey, it's a human being who's, who's a, a good person that you know obviously i see some of myself in them because we see the same value in these you know obsolete timekeeping devices that we're able to to bond over and i think that's one of the really interesting things that you brought up um i think that's a point worth discussing further because the snobbery is out there uh, and you see it and i think it's di- i think it's different in you know something like a digital community where generally the negative voice or the one that's the loudest is the one that gets seen or heard the most um, but it doesn't necessarily rep- represent the community uh, as a whole. Because, I mean, we do, there is, there are people who make, you know, snobby comments or obviously you're joking around about the Submariner and the Seamaster in the sense that, well, like, I'm not well, joking. I, 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 but you're not intentionally trying to be hurtful is my point, right? And that's the difference because there are people that, that'll do that, right? But it, it's, you know, they're so few and far between, right? But when you see them, you're almost like, wow, I can't believe there's people out there like that, you know? One of the things that I would tell people is like, it, it's not my money to spend. It's yeah. it's your money, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say, well, if you don't have the greatest dive watch ever, I don't want to be your friend, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's not that's not my place in life. My my place is to be supportive of whatever you want to go out and collect. Now there are some brands that, you know, the common sense part of you would say, hey man, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't spend eight hundred dollars on that watch maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's something you should think about doing again mm-hmm. you know that could be money better spent on a different brand perhaps mm-hmm. so you might have those kind of conversations but you know i would never you know have someone hand me a timex gmt and and, and say oh wow it's just a timex like that's not you know i, I think they're cool you know mm-hmm. i have a marlin myself i i actually had to wait to get the marlin when they were first introduced i couldn't wait to get it mm-hmm. you know it's a great watch you know mm-hmm. so there are a lot of things like that where you know, uh, what's the term I heard? Price agnostic is mm-hmm. how the hobby should be looked at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, if you're a consumer and you're not really <clears throat> part of the community or part of the, the hobby, as it were, you know, you, you sort of find these uh, shortcuts to navigate the watch market, right? You're like, Rolex, good. Everything else, no good, right? Or, you know, Tudor, oh, the, you know, I see that a lot, must be good. Breitling, I see that a lot, must be good. Like, that kind of stuff comes up. You know, Omega, Moonwatch, must be good, right? So you kind of, you know, you see these few core brands and people kind of just forget about everything else or assume that they are lesser than or not um, not important or not worth looking into because they aren't the big hype brands right but as you get into the hobby more and you develop the enthusiasm around the hobby you see um you know the value in different brands you see the history in different brands you see um you know the unique things about their design that they're doing that sort of drives that um attention that positive attention and sort of that that uh that that perceived value that people within the hobby would start to see right Uh, if you were to show you know a rolex gmt and the timex gmt to someone who knows nothing about watches well rolex is the most recognizable brand in the world right I mean, people are gonna, you know, people are gonna be are gonna be drawn to that. But you put that, in, put those two watches in front of two nerds. I think you brought up the point earlier where it's like, oh yeah, it's a Daytona. Yep, I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I see a hundred of them, and that's and that's right. And we look for well, we look. It's not like we're recruiting actively. Um, we're not. 
Well, not 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 publicly. We're not going to announce that. But when we when we do meet some folks, right? We we there is a vibe check, right? Mm. There there is a bit of a hey, listen. Oh, uh, you know, and we have met people that that have looked down upon certain brands. We have, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about, um, you know, we've had people, we've had meetups, uh, you know, we try to get some people, hey, listen, so-and-so knows so-and-so. We bring some people around and um, they're like, oh, 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 that's all you have. Oh, oh, what, what is this Seiko? And you're like, eh, okay, well, you're just, you're okay, listen, you're you're just not with us, man. It's just mm-hmm. not going to be, you're not going to be on the, on the squad. That, that's mm-hmm. all. And, and, and that's where I, I think, you know, you said snobbery's out there. We've done a, a great job of finding the people that are, aren't snobs, right? People that, that do appreciate, right? They're as excited that their Timex GMT came in at the same time that they got a phone call for maybe a, a real Batman Rolex, right? Yeah. They, they got the phone call the same day that FedEx has shipped it and they got one from the AD. They would be equally as excited. And I think that's a lot, a lot of the guys yeah. that are in that group. Would, mm-hmm. would have that same level of intensity. Mm-hmm. They want to know more. They're really inquisitive. They like to know about the history. They're involved in the, in the, in the culture. And I came from the car world as a, as a car guy. Um, and there was a lot of snobbery in the car world too, right? And even within even within certain cars. I'm a big Camaro Firebird guy, right? And mm-hmm. if you have a, oh, if you, own the, if you own this generation, you're looked down upon in certain circles. If you're on this generation, it's looked down upon. And then there's groups of guys that are just like, oh, it, you know, you're all we're we're all in the same thing. We might make fun of your car, but you know, it's more playful, right? It's more mm-hmm. it's more joking, right? Um, and I think that's that's where a lot of that stuff comes from from, from me. Johnny, uh, back to Johnny again, right? Johnny Johnny has a collection of Citizen Nighthawks that mm-hmm. he's what he's got thirteen of them, yeah, thirteen of them. He's got a whole watch he's got a box. box of them, you know, and good for him. Those are awesome watches. He he, he clearly loves them. You know, get get back to Ralphie. Despite all the all the arsenal that that he has, all the firepower he can bring, he 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 has a real addiction to micro brand bronze divers. Yeah, he's full of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so we all have our things, and you know, it, it doesn't need to be luxury brands all the time. You can you can make a a real nice hobby out of this, just doing whatever you'd like to do at whatever price point you want. Go for it. Oh, oh, integrated lugs. Oh. One of my best friends works for us. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can, you can, you can bow it out. This may be a good time for a bathroom break. Yeah. Let's just, let's just, let's just get it out there. Let's say, I mean, we, we already raked Seiko over the coals. Let's dig into Oris. So Oris is next, uh, but Oris gets both barrels from me. Um, mostly are on the office. Okay. Um, I like the, I like the yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, I, I'm always perplexed by the Oris brand, and and this is half jokingly, but also half honestly. Mm-hmm. The Aquas, I, I think, might be for me one of the ugliest watches I've ever seen. Um, and I'll say the current iteration. We had a one, actually, one of the guys who worked at Beer Garden, right where Eddie and I met. He owns. Hey, buddy. You gotta keep an eye on Daddy's watch. Uh, he owns like a first generation Aquas and has this really nice, like, kind of bell curve case. Yeah. It's very unique. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that was great. Like I'm like, wow, that, that looks that looks great. But then you start to get into the actual like the, the new Oris Aquas. Their retail is four thousand dollars. That's excessive. Yeah. Well, they used to be able to buy them for eight hundred and fifty bucks on Joma Shop. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah like, listen, and, and again, they they they've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
what I do, I, I have kind of turned my, my small little like eh, about about the aquas to like a full on. If someone posted an Oris picture, I think I've at this point I've avoided liking it. Mm. Um, so I have my own little internal joke. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. I, I I don't see it. They have a lot of their new Pro Pilot, the X, that 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 yeah. thing is off the charts. Yeah, it's a really um, nice watch. But I'm tired. The Aquas now they that this their 65 diver, awesome, mm. awesome. Uh, but yeah, the Aquas I'm I'm out. I don't know. I'm surprised people still like it. I'm surprised people buy it. Um, I don't get it. One of our one, we have a guy in our in our group, Mike. Uh, God bless him. I mean, he owns. I think at one point he owned three. I think he just sold it and bought a bought a Doxa. And I was like, mm. that's the the best investment you could possibly make. Uh, but yeah, I am not a fan of the Orisaco, so I will publicly come out on this podcast and say it. Well, uh, what's, what's interesting about the Aquas now is like the Aquas for a long time was sort of what carried the brand to its new level of popularity, right? I mean, it really when it came out, it was. It was the watch that put Oris on the map in the modern context. And then, it, you know, now, though, they've built out the catalog so much with, like, the Pro Pilot X or the Pro and the, the, the big pointers and the Oris 65s. And they've created a very contemporary, uh, contemporary traditional lineup now of, like, essentially like normal watches, right? And it almost seems like there's still so much focus on the Aquas that it almost like now it should be relegated to sort of a niche diver section of the, of the, the collection. Or just shut the brand or just shut that line down, whatever they want to do. Yeah. I, I, cause, I Cause now they've really established a foothold as you know, this wider spread brand that has so many uh, iconic, cool models to, for, for people to focus on. It's just, yeah, I don't think the focus needs to be there on the Aquas as much. I know that was, I, I owned two Aquases over the years. I had a blue one with the ceramic bezel and then I had a black one. And it was the same thing. They're just so weird to wear. Um, yeah. and, and they're, you know, if you're a strap changer or someone who enjoys that part of the hobby as well too, it's, it's basically impossible to... Uh, yeah. To, to enjoy that that part of it unless you're going to buy their straps um to which i mean if you're an omega guy or a tutor guy or anything you know how much uh, you know in-house straps cost right so it gets right. exorbitant very quickly right and i and i and, and i'm not to frown upon any other integrated bracelet diver or faux diver mm-hmm. um the aqua specifically i want to make sure I'm very clear mm-hmm. the aqua specifically i'm not a fan of um real quick though can't get over you mentioned the uh, you know buying straps from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. It's 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 refreshing to see that Swatch didn't keep their their lug system with the Moon Swatch. Mm. They're actually going to give you regular twenty millimeter lugs, which was nice to see. I thought that was a nice touch. Not to switch up too much, but I thought that that was nice. We could go down that path too. Talk about the Swatch apps server that around that mm-hmm. i know it's been touched a thousand times we're, we're two months two months into that the launch i want to say about been about two months um and and now the the, the some of the, the the tone has changed where a lot of these the the, the, the swatch stores have them mm-hmm. but they're extremely secretive about how many they have can you buy one it's getting rolex-esque uh, they're, they are looking for what else are you buying today? And I think Swatch has kind of facilitated some of that. Hmm. Again, this is we're entering conspiracy theory territory. 
But I think a lot of people are like, hey, listen, we've had a lot of foot traffic into our swatch stores looking for this watch. Yeah. Um, literally thousands of people at, every, at certain particular locations lined up at the crack of morning, at the crack of, uh, the crack of dawn, to mm-hmm. get a $200 plastic watch. Two seconds, I apologize. 300,000. I don't know what Canadian conversion is. Bio, bioceramic, by the way. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, it is nice to see them not have the buyer, you know, be married to, to getting their straps. Their straps. Because yeah. we've all owned swatches before. They, they have those, you know, those yeah. funky case and lugs. And I've seen plenty of moon swatches on Instagram because there are lucky folks out there that were able to get a couple. And uh, it's nice to see them put them on NATOs or regular like leather straps or whatever. It's just a nice, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of drifting here. Well, I think I think you bring you bring up an interesting point because it, it, it what it does. I mean, as we've also seen Omega with particularly with the Speedmaster move up market, right? Like they're starting to ask. You know, we're nearing Rolex territory, MSRP on some of these moon watches i mean thankfully the, the the gray market or the secondary market keeps them pretty humble and kind of close to their original price point within you know a thousand bucks or so but they're starting to ask a lot of money um and it gives people that opportunity to gain access to a little bit a little piece of that right the people who you know aren't like the three of us who might not ever really you know have the the inclination the ability accessibility whatever to access you know a real moon watch um, they get the opportunity to have a piece of that at a, at a much more affordable price range. But also, um, you know, with regards to the straps, like you're saying as well, too, like it, it kind of gives people uh, the chance to, you know, have a nice, normal watch that they can, you know, get other straps for, have yeah. some fun with. And it also gives them access to a lot of design language uh, from Omega over the years. I mean, even for me, like I'm never going to afford an Alaska project, right? But now I can go buy the mission to Mars. And you know, get a piece of that. You know, you know, it's not the same, but I can get a piece of that at a fraction of the price. Um, and and then you know, you're not really missing out. And and it's a fun watch. I think it's. You know, I know. I know. There's one of the things going around the internet where there's people that are taking them and putting on like their actual Speedmaster bracelets onto them. So you got like the steel with the the plastic or the bioceramic, and it's kind of kind of cringy. I don't know. I mean, I get it. it's it is. It's well, people, they teach their own man. Whatever you want to do. Exactly. I, 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 they're putting two hundred fifty dollars Morris straps on the two hundred six dollars moon swatch, and, and they look great. It, it well, looks great. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what. Yeah. I, I have I have I have two fitted straps. I have um the Zeland, Zelandi straps for my Seamaster, uh, mm-hmm. and absolutely love them. I just wish they were maybe about three mils longer. But outside of that, absolutely love them. Um, I, I I think the moon swatch. Swatch hit a home run and a half, and it continues to hit home runs uh, because guess what? They are selling every single one. They don't have to listen to us, kind of like Seiko. They don't have to listen to us. They, they can continue to move on. They're, they're going to wipe their tears away with $100 bills. Um, they're fine. Um, it's no different than what happened with the System 51 when that first came out, right? The System 51, but then again, though, the difference is the hype because, you know, Instagram is a lot larger of a watch forum now than it was in 2013 and 14 when the system came out the system mm-hmm. was impossible to find mm-hmm. for the first six months right and then now you can buy them online you can buy them anywhere 
But when they first introduced those watches, they were only available in certain boutiques, mm -hmm. right? For a certain amount of time, they came in three colors. He had white, black, and I think it was the red and blue. Oh, no, mm -hmm. no, red and black, right? Then the blue and black came out. Now there's a hundred different versions yeah. of them. But, you know, it, it, that's almost like a, like a rite of passage for a watch nerd. You have to have a System 51 in your collection at some point, even if you don't have it anymore. You have to be able to relate to this statement when I say, my wife tells me, Eddie, you need to take your watch off. We're watching the movie. I don't want to hear that thing whine when you go pick up your glass of wine, which is what a System 51 does. It sounds like a tank. It, it, it's the loudest noise on, on the planet. But they are such cool watches. I mean, I've owned many of them. I'm down to one now. I'm down to two now. But they're just fun watches to own. And the Moon Swatch will most likely fall into that category where you know, watch nerds are all about systems and moon swatches. And then there's the other watch nerds that have to have a new gent in their collection, which mm -hmm. I don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, no, I, I have, I bought the uh, the Scottish swatches one I bought that because my wife and I mm -hmm. went to Scotland on our honeymoon. And I really want to be able to capture some of the, the places. It just happens to be attached to a watch, another watch podcast, but I bought that. I have two system ones. One, you know, Swatch for me. Uh, we went to their their boutique in Glasgow. Uh, they used to be on, it was on Buchanan Street, um, which is now I think it's a Breitling uh, boutique. Hmm. If I heard correctly, um, but yeah. So the Swatch store I bought it at is no longer there. They, they moved up. They went up market. They went to Breitling. Uh, but I bought that. That was my my first honeymoon trip. That was to commemorate my our trip out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Swatch continues to do a great job. They keep finding it. And I, I go, so you know, talk about my Timex, the Timex GMT that just launched. Timex, I think, had a, a is a perfect opportunity to really kind of capture that market. And if you have $260 sitting in your pocket, right? If you had kind of, listen, I, I, wanna, I wanna buy a fun quartz watch um, and you just, and you, can't get to your locals or you can't drive to New York City or one of the whatever two dozen boutiques around the around the globe that sold it. So now what do you do, right? Swatches kind of dangle that we're going to do it online. We're going to do it online. They have it. It's been mm -hmm. two months. Um, and then now you have, you know, Timex has come out very quietly with very little or no hype around the new GMT. Um, I, I, I'm shocked, and, and it's funny. So I, I posted a picture the other day, and Timex actually reached out to me. Go, how do you like the watch? I said I love it. I just don't understand why you guys are not like shouting from the rooftops to capture this market because there are watch nerds that will be more than happy. You know, talk about horror straps, right? Two hundred fifty bucks on a strap like that, they can get a, a, a Swiss quartz movement with a bracelet on and have a have a really cool watch very quickly shipped to their house you guys are you don't have stores right yeah you can you might have a couple you know sell through certain retailers but they had it out there i mean and, and timex is selling out so maybe they don't have to but they should be at least trying to pump up this this, this look right um they don't have a, a tie-in with rolex but they sure as hell took the pepsi look and the batman look why not try to capitalize on some of that hey guys don't you want a, a fun affordable uh watch that looks like a that's kind of looks like a more prestigious watch that you want something fun you can walk around and not worry about you know people to notice or 
call you out on it or you know, with all the thefts going on. Why is Timex not just shouting this out from the rooftops is beyond me. I'm surprised that they have not really made a bigger deal about That's it. That's not my gripe with Timex. My gripe with Timex is that I can't walk into a Timex store or go on Timex.com and buy a $400 200-meter proper screw-down crown diver. Didn't they just come out with one? Did they? Now, now if they did, shows how often I go on Timex.com. But I don't know if they have something like that. Perhaps they do. I think they just I announced thought, something. I like thought it, the biggest that they went was the 100-meter diver stylish type watch. Let me take a look now. Now you got me curious. I, I've and, been... and again, that's my hypocrisy coming out because I'm fine with a with with this from Seiko with 100 meters, no screw down crown. But for some reason, I want more from Timex. I'm not sure why, but mm -hmm. I do. I would like to be able to buy a Timex with screw down crown and 200 meters. They yeah. just came. They just came out with one called the Waterbury. Is it is it um, automatic of course? It's automatic. It? Yeah. I mean, I'll drop the I'll drop a link to it in the little chat here, and you guys can pull it up and take a look here. Um, if I can figure out how to. Do Alex it. has his Google phone, whatever he does. Oh, I'm not sure. It's not yeah. an iPhone. I have no idea what the hell it is. Yeah, just type just type in Waterbury. It's got kind of like that 1960s kind of late 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 60s early 70s mm -hmm. kind of um, yeah. dive aesthetic yeah. to it, and yeah, um, it, it's sharp. They have so a bracelet version as well too. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. See that watch in the 200 meter will screw down crown and charge it and charge 400 for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, for 279, they have an automatic 100 meter. But why not? I don't know. Make it 200 meters. What What are they? What can they have to do? What would it cost you to do that to make it 200 meters? Again, you know that 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 kind of again, not that anybody's going to go diving mm -hmm. 200 meters. Again. It's like it's it's like when I wear my Seamaster. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when I wear my Seamaster. And I think, oh God, there's no helium in here. It's fantastic. They did it for me. I don't want my arm to go. Yeah, away. I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Timex should be able to give you 200 meters for the screw one thing. Yeah, okay. I'm just taking a look at it now. I see it's a Miyota. Um, so that's kind of interesting. It's fine. I don't care. Yeah, what the, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm not looking to, I'm not looking for oh. super precision. I mean, when uh, people complain about, oh, it's losing nine seconds a day, who, I, I don't wear a watch twice in a row very often. Mm -hmm. Right, I'm a watch nerd, man. Like, like I got, I want to wear different watches. Mm -hmm. That's why I collect them, right? No matter what the price point is. So when people complain about accuracy, you're just like, oh, let's settle down with the accuracy problem. If you want accuracy, buy an Apple Watch. Now you're right. It, it is 100 meters though, but uh, and I don't think it's a screwing crown. I don't see them indicating that it is, but. Nonetheless, they're getting there. They're taking their time, but they're getting there. They're getting around to it, I'm sure. So small steps. I'm fine with it. There you go. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, you know, moving out of, I guess, so much of the, the the market talk and kind of what's going on in the market, let's chat about some of the watches you got in front of you today. What's some of these uh, significant pieces and the stories behind them and, and what kind of drove you to pick some of these up? Well, um, well let, let's start. I mean, I, we went over the Timex, right? And I, I think I just, I, I cannot stress this enough. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've held the queue. I haven't owned the queue when the queue Pepsi came out. I know Timex absolute run on the market. They they really nailed it. I think that was a great tie-in. Mm -hmm. But this new uh, the new GMT the bracelet for the as you guys can see as an Italian American, um, uh, someone that's yeah. Uh, the the problem with the original Q bracelet would rip your arm hair off, mm -hmm. right? This is okay. I've only had one incidence where I, I had a, 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 an issue. Um, but the bracelet on this one is outstanding. The clasp, 
eh, what do you want? It's 208, 220 bucks. Mm-hmm. But I cannot begin to tell you that the, the, it's got a, stru- a, a solid weight to it. The the retro style of the plexiglass, I don't know if I can really get that. Yeah, the dome on it's insane. The dome on it's very similar to my Speedmaster. Um, the, the vintage look, if you're looking for that, it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Speedmaster, speaking of Moonwatchers, so I have a uh, shout out to the Broad Hour Brigade. So this is my my Speedmaster. So this is the Broad Arrow. So they reissued this nice. in 1997 to 2002. Um, they called it a, they called it a replica watch. Omega actually called it replica. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of gotten ever since that name has come out. People have kind of been shy about it, but it is you know, it is a, it is a Speedmaster Pro. It's in a Speedy Pro case. Uh, three uh, uh, 1861 movement hand wind. The only difference is that it it does have the, it's got polished hands, mm-hmm. um, it's got a broad arrow, uh, hour hand, it's different that way. But for all intents purposes, it's a it's a speedy pro. Mm. Um, it's been an outstanding add to the collection. It was my first luxury watch purchase. I bought it shortly after I got married. Um, I I actually you know so again talk about it. One of our conversations Eddie and I had over for about two dozen beers each. Uh, is I'm sick and tired of Speedmaster. Everybody's got the same damn Speedmaster Sapphire, everybody's the same black, you know, black doll, black bezel. You know, I, I, I buy Speedmaster, I'm going to get something different. Every time they offer a special issue, it's the same damn thing with a different case or put the dot over here. It's like, oh, uh-huh. give me something that's different. I want something that, that was, wasn't was thought out in the lab that went through like thousands of hours of testing. Mm-hmm. Give me something that they, and, and, and when this came up, um, did a lot of research on it, not a lot of feedback forms, whatever the case may be. Um, price was the price was awesome. I know mm-hmm. the price has gone up significantly over the years, but um, bought it and it was my first Speedmaster, and I was so excited about that. Um, and I wore I wore that. Obviously, I worry about water resistance like every other Speedmaster owner, uh, but that's been this has been a huge uh, my first luxury watch, if you will. Mm. Um, I have my uh, Seiko 6139 uh, speed timer. So uh, it's the 21 jewel. It's the up jewel version, uh, the JDM spec one. And it's not like a Pogue, right? It's it's a Pogue in movement, but it, the case is different. It's got a, like a weird crescent cut up top and the bottom there. Um, absolutely love it. I don't wear it enough. It does have an inner rotation. So it still has the, you know, if you move the crown, it, it'll, it'll move the inner ring there. Uh, absolute of a six one three nine. I know those. A clean one now goes for thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, we we talked about how Seiko and the six one three nine. Really, when you look at the the pantheon of, of Seiko automatic chronographs, is really the worst one. Mm-hmm. But it gets the most praise, right? The six one three eight was too registered. It's, it's and it's you can wind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the seventy sixteen, the seventy eighteen, which was done I think by the Danny. Mm-hmm. 18 is similar to the 6139. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The so 16 is the flyback. The 7016 is the flyback chronograph. There's two hand. There's two hands on the on, on just one register. Um, it's just again. I know Eddie's got one on the rabbit. The 7016. No, I never heard of my. Uh, I have a. I have a poke. Does have a poke. Um, the next watch I have up here is something I won from Jordan from Retro Watches. He put out, you know, one of those contests, one of his giveaways. 
uh, is a uh, clay bar, which is an old, old Swiss brand. That's cool. Uh, Valjoux yeah. 7734, two register with a date at the bottom, uh, hot pink can. Mm. Uh, absolutely love this thing. It's, 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 it, it really Beautiful is. It's, it's been a cool, it was definitely my, my first cool watch, uh, my first vintage watch. I think I had a lot of SKXs before that. Um, and I think that covers about what I have. Uh, you know, I have my Seamaster, so my, my I guess this is my, not my newest purchase, but so my Seamaster is my promotion watch. It is my, I, got a, I got my dream job, if you will. It's not a glorious job, but it's a job I've wanted to do for a long time and something I'm really passionate about. And I got the opportunity to interview for it uh, about a year ago. May 6th was, a, was one year from when I got the promotion. Uh, and May 12th was the day I, I got it. When I actually came in. I took the day off. Uh, and I got, I, I was waiting for it to come in. And what do watchdogs do when their friends get watches? They, they go to lunch and check them out. We did go to lunch. We went to lunch that day. Yep. We met up. Uh, I'll be there. Can't wait. Yeah. We, and, and we celebrated it. And, um, and, I, and, and I would say this is only a small bit. I, I, I talked about my, my System 51. I have some plastic System 51 with that loud rotor. I bought that on, on my honeymoon. Um, I have a, a, a metal System 51 that I bought uh in my previous position me and my sales manager we bought one at the airport before we went to our big national sales meeting because we did a really good job but we knew we weren't going to walk away with any awards we just missed the the the, uh, the the quota if you will to to get any recognition major recognition um but we had a lot of other people around us that we supported to get a lot of recognition so we figured we would celebrate we bought ourselves i bought him one he bought mine he bought one for um, so we did that in the airport, Newark International, which unfortunately that swatch store has closed. Hmm. Um, which, yeah, a heartbreaker. Um, if you go back all the way, my first real watch from her getting was eighth grade graduation. As you can see, I'm well, follically challenged up top, um, have a lot of facial hair. Uh, so eighth grade graduation, I received a two gifts uh, I received a Braun electric shaver, and I received a Citizen EcoDrive 200-meter integrated lug dive watch. And I, I do not have that with me. Uh, but if you dig around on my Instagram, it's on there. Um, and that's been with me. That was my go everywhere, do everything watch. It was my, you know, you went on a date. I wore that watch. Um, I had another. I, I really fell in love. You know, talk about the Citizen brand. I fell in love with the Citizen brand. I was 26. I bought another one. Uh, it was a perpetual calendar uh, that's also on there. Um, little did I know, I, I, I have an, I have an issue with 430 date windows now, but I didn't mm. apparently at 26 before I became a real watch nerd. Mm. Um, but it has a 430 date window, so I try not to point that out because a lot of people uh, will point out my hypocrisy on it. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a lot of watches. Um, you know, going back to Timex. Uh, that's kind of that's one of the way we we formed we, we had a little a, a subgroup more actually worldwide um, we created a group called time excited before time oh, this yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah before before the marlin came out and the queue came out we were like you know no one recognizes timex they actually as, sent us a dozen watches they did uh, i have one it's, i have one that's hanging up it's in my shower and i use that to make sure that i know what time it is i don't lose track and check um Said I don't bought lots of shampoo, so but I was looking at what time it is. I have it's it's been hand in my shower for years. I just moved into the house. Huh. 
Um, but yeah, we, we, we actually made contact with Timex and they had sent us a bunch of watches and wore them and we put them on our thing. We had, a, we had our own Instagram account and we had a, a bunch of people across the United States, across the world. We had uh, Chris out in Scotland mm-hmm. too. Uh, and, and that group has still stayed around. That was kind of like our, our, our overall group. We kind of maintained friendships with those guys. It's probably my main group uh, that we chat with. Um, and then, you know, we moved on to other things. But, yeah, so the, the Timex. And then once Timex are releasing, releasing tomorrow, and I think you know, that, that took the, the enthusiast mm-hmm. market by storm, and um, they got some feedback from us. And I think at one point they were like, yeah, we're done. We're we good. We made it. We don't need your help. So the time excited account eventually just I think we eventually just we kind of um, just about yeah we yeah. We, we, we called yeah. sun, we, I think they called sunsetting we sunsetting yeah, sun, nice like that. <laughs> that's right yeah. we sunsetted that brand about a year ago maybe two years ago um, but yeah but it it, it brought up brought a lot of watchers that we all we all see I am going to I'm going to I'm going to Macy's. I look check out this right. this, this Timex I got. I wow. got some Coles cash. Who's with me? I, I got Coles cash. Yeah, I got I got a hundred bucks of Coles cash. I'm, I'm getting two. Um, you know, it, it, it's great things like that. Again, you know, going tying back into the community. Um, another watch that we always talk about uh, is the, the Casio a, a, AE. Oh, World time. World time. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the watch you could do if you could buy one watch and really kind of not have to go. That's twenty six bucks you spend in the hobby. Yeah, is the Casio World Time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if you don't have one, buy one. Usually on Amazon, I think it's up to thirty-five dollars now, but hmm. um, inflation. Inflation, yeah. There you go. Uh, but I see it drop down to low as twenty-two, uh, and I almost bought them for my sales team because some of them don't. They have a, a, a lack of time management, so I figured I would do that, but uh, maybe in the future. Um, but yeah, so like there's a, a, there's watches, and, and again, as we we're pulling these watches, I pull these watches. You know, him and I go back and forth. We buy something, whether it be a Timex, whether it be a Seamaster, Speedmaster, uh, whether it be some of the stuff that Eddie's going to show you in a minute. It's been great. The conversation just goes on and on and on. To whether it be twenty bucks or two thousand dollars or four thousand, five thousand dollars, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it sounds like you've you know you've had the opportunity to be a very well-rounded collector, right? I think I think. Everyone in this conversation has sort of uh, been able to enjoy pieces at all sorts of different price points, and you know, particularly yourself, Alex. Like you've had some in- incredible pieces. You still have some incredible pieces. I think are really cool. That that broad arrow Speedmaster, I think specifically, is one that um, deserves a lot more recognition than it gets. I think it's a really really cool piece. Uh, it's a really well done piece. It's sort of one of those uh, sleepers, I think, still in the Speedmaster lineup that people can really enjoy um, picking up at you know an affordable price and and having a really significant piece of Speedmaster history there. Um, but even going back to what you're talking about, just with uh, the time excited group and and um, or, or Eddie to your point about the the uh, Casios there, like there's so much out there that you can enjoy at any price point and there's so much enthusiasm you can build around watches at any price point i think that you know there's no reason that someone can't find a niche that they enjoy and to fall into even when you mentioned earlier johnny with his uh, collection of citizen nighthawks right i mean some of those are, are my understanding some of them are actually quite expensive uh, limited editions and things like that but i mean find your niche find what you enjoy maybe you enjoy you know a specific brand or a specific style of model and collecting all the variations therein and and that brings you the enjoyment that you need i think that kind of falls into the the one of the 
number one rules of, of watch collecting. Maybe I guess I guess there's like two number one rules. One is don't be an asshole, and the other one is buy what you enjoy, right? And I think that that, well, I think that don't be an asshole is like a life rule. Well, right, yes. that's beyond watches, really. I'm not not to be a jerk about it, but just you know, in anything at, at the car wash, don't be an asshole. Yeah, I think of course, that's that's yeah. the eleventh commandment. Yeah. It's a good way. It's a good way, particularly in the watch community, to make sure you don't have any friends as being an asshole. But yes, I agree. Being, uh, you know, carrying that forward and carrying that lesson forward to all facets of your life will probably benefit yep. you for the most part. Yep. Definitely, definitely. What about yourself, Eddie? What do you have? Uh, what do you have to show us? I know that you have quite a few pieces as well, and and I'm interested in hearing kind of the stories behind some of them and the significance between well, or behind some of those purchases. You know, one of the things I can remember, and, and I'm holding Alex's uh, Seamaster here, um, I remember when he was, like, during the process of hunting this down, mm -hmm. and he texted me or messaged me on Instagram, whatever, like, hey, man, like, like I bought it. Like, it's, it's, it's here. Mm -hmm. and, I can, and I remember vaguely racing home from work to meet him for beers to check out his, his Speedy. Mm -hmm. And, like, you ever been so happy for some – for like one of your friends for something that that they've done and you're like so happy for them that like like you must feel like it's an accomplishment for yourself sometimes mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. even though it's not uh, and this is probably one of those things that i'm thinking about right now as i hold this one but you know for me you know it really just comes down to one wristwatch you know a, a collection is a collection and it's great don't get me wrong the hobby's fantastic you know but for me um, it started with one wristwatch, and one wristwatch I'll never get rid of is, is my Submariner. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was the first wristwatch that I purchased. Um, I don't want to say ever, because I think I bought a G-Shock in like the late 90s. But I wasn't a wristwatch person. I was a cell phone guy. I was fine with a cell phone watch or cell phone clock, I guess you could say. And then I got a promotion in 08. And the guy that I worked for at the time was like, hey, man, you should, you should treat yourself to something. And he had a tag, like a 90s quartz two-tone tag. Nice watch and not my thing, but he loved it. And he was older than I was. It was a gift from his wife. And he's like, you know, you should treat yourself. So I decided, you know, I'm going to buy myself a wristwatch is what, is what I'm going to do, uh, knowing nothing about them. So what I did was um, I joined the, the uh, Rolex forum, mm -hmm. which is free. I'm not sure if it is still now. I'm not active on the forum this is before instagram clearly i joined the forum i said look guys this is you know i want to go buy a rolex i don't know what i'm doing and i just need your help in helping me find what i'm looking for i have no idea what i'm looking for and it took me about six months to really figure out what i wanted and i really enjoyed that process i i go back and you know fremstar if you're you're not watching but if you are watching fremstar thank you highlander thank you um, Patty639 from Rolex Forum, thank you. These are moderators that I kind of message like, hey, look, you know, this is my budget. This is what I want to do. What do you think would be a good purchase for me to make? And at that point, my full, full transparency, my budget was $4,000. And for $4,000, give or take a couple of hundred, you could have any Rolex sports watch outside of a Daytona in steel that you want. Mm -hmm. No problem. So really, the world was my oyster, no pun intended. And I just kind of started to whittle back, you know, started to peel back some layers. Like, okay, well, I don't want a date function. I think mm -hmm. it looks awkward. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I do like an explorer. Okay. I like submariners. Okay. Well, that, both of those work. 
I like Explorer 2s, but they have date functions. Okay, well, that might not be there. GMT is cool. Okay, well, then this. They started to land on the Submariner, the, the regular Submariner, not the date function, stupid date functions, right? And um, then as well, you know, these are, you know, M models. These are uh, regular 14060s. These are 5513s. You know, what, what are you looking for? And I, I, you know, landed on this Neo Vintage is what they call them now, right? They're, they're, they're vintage, but they're still modern. They mm -hmm. still have the capabilities of the watches they're designed. I bought this watch and I wore it every day for about, I'd say about five years mm -hmm. or so. Um, got married and started to collect. But this one, I'll, I'll always go back to the Submariner. It will never leave my collection, God willing. Just, this is my Rolex, this is my watch. You know, so uh, other watches come and go. I've got some watches that have come into the collection, um, Tudor, Cartier, things like that, Hamilton, um, lots of Seikos, lots of uh, micro brands and Unimatic, things of that yeah. nature. But, you know, uh, I always go back to my Submariner. That's 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 my grab and go. If uh, things went south, I grab my Submariner, I grab my wife and I'm out of here. In that order? Yes. <laughs> well, she'll be ahead of me anyway. She's, she's not, taller, so she can run faster. She's yeah. not. She's not she'll listening. She won't listen to the show, will she? So <laughs> she'll, she'll grab me. How's that sound? There you go. The yeah. uh, that's. Yeah. I think that's. A, I think that's a good point. I think that you know, there's. Um, I think everybody wants to. Nobody maybe wants to admit it. Some people do, but I think everyone sort of has the favorite in their collection. Um, that is that that piece that sort of all other uh, watches are held to that standard by, you know, like, it's like, you know, how's this going to compete with this? You know, this is what I like about this. This is what I'm looking for in other pieces. But at the end of the day, it's always going to be that one that is like, that's your watch. That's the one that is just, it. it's like it was made for you. And I think that yep. that's kind of what the, what the sub is like. I'm like that with my Pelagos, right? You know, I've, right. I've had a ton of watches. I've come and gone. I've sold a lot of stuff. I've bought a lot of stuff. At the end of the day, that piece is the one that is never going anywhere. And that'll be the watch that, you know, is with me to the day I die, God willing. Cause I just, I just, I love that watch. I feel like it was made for me. And, and I think when you find that type of piece, you know, it's, first of all, it's that kind of feeling where I almost like you, I mean, you should never take the hobby too seriously anyways, because really right. it's nothing that you really need. But it's like when you find that piece, you you sort of almost get that like, ah, okay, everything else is just fun. I can just, I can buy, sell, things can come, things can go. It doesn't matter. I'm just having fun because really I already got the watch that at the end of the day, if I had to get rid of everything else, I would keep this one and it would serve me for the rest of my life. And I think that's a really interesting feeling when you're able to experience that. You know, one of the things that, that we said earlier was someone getting into the hobby. You know, what 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 would you do? Well, what's your budget? What are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Seiko, whatever it, it, it might be. I was fortunate because I started off with what I would consider to be my grail, mm -hmm. right? So I started there. Uh, so for me, it's like playing with house money after that when it mm -hmm. comes to collecting. Exactly. Right? It, it's been really enjoyable. Um collecting knowing that i have what i'm looking for anyway mm -hmm. right not to sound snobby i'm not trying to sound too cool for school but that's just how it worked out for me i i got lucky we know someone who is the opposite where they got into the hobby and they started throwing all this money at these watches that you know whether they're timex vintage watches from ebay and things like that but they this person wants 
let's say a date just or what or or let's just say a date just right they've already spent that money mm -hmm. in all of the things that they purchased that they don't mm -hmm. really are happy with mm -hmm. so sometimes maybe my recommendation would be well okay fine what's your budget what are you looking for but what what are you like what's your goal right are you looking to get like an aquaterra at some point if that's the case then just save for it and buy it don't don't scratch an itch with three different things maybe scratch an itch with a 200 dollars or a 400 dollars watch but don't buy multiples of those watches target your watch budget for it and go and buy the damn thing yeah, well, you know, I, I, something you brought up that I think is a really interesting point is, is, you know, when you describe your journey in coming to the Submariner no date that you got was that you did the research first and sort of yeah. had that discussion with yourself about what it is that I really want. And as a new collector, I think that's something that, you know, you almost get that analysis paralysis. You have so many options out there and you don't know what you do. A, you don't know what you don't know. And there's so much there's just so much to choose from. You're worried about missing out, right? And I think that it goes back to that, you know, buy the right thing once instead of the wrong thing four or five times, you know? And, I went, and... Sorry to cut you off, but I went to so many meetups for years, right? You know, Rolex forum meetups and red bar meetups and just regular mm -hmm. watch nerd meetups that were local. And I wasn't a collector. I was just some dude with a Rolex. So mm -hmm. that was it. Mm -hmm. That's the only watch I had. Mm -hmm. That that was the only like literally my second watch in my collection was my system 51. Mm -hmm. So just enjoyed it. Just really enjoyed how it fell in the line for me. Absolutely. And then and yeah, like you said, you're just playing with house money at that point. Yeah. Once you once you have the piece that you know you love, then it really is just just exploring and having fun as, you know, affordability and patience from your spouse dictates so right. exactly. yeah. <laughs> which yeah. i think we can all relate to that a little bit but um the uh you know going uh going forward then from the submariner you mentioned the system 51 was your next piece let's talk about that so the system 51 came out spanish rob who's no longer spanish rob he changed his name to whatever his name is now double wristing spanish rob hopefully spanish rob was in line he was gracious enough to, to get in line for swatch system 51's in the city in 2000, I want to say the summer of 13 or 14, I forget. Mm -hmm. And we were in this little chat and he bought like, I think he wasn't limited by, by buying two. He bought like 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to be one of the persons that he, he was, you know, hey, look, man, 170 bucks, no problem. Here you go. PayPal, this is before Venmo, clearly. And, um, you know, that that's how I got the system. Um, I played around with some, with some, um, with some vintage Seiko chronographs. Uh, I've been through them. I mean, you name it. I mean, I must have had a dozen Seiko chronographs throughout my my short journey in this hobby, and really, really enjoyed all of them. Mm -hmm. Down to a couple right now. Um, you know, this is being one of them. I've got my six one three nine six thousand two. Um, will not get rid of this one. I also have a seven a two eight quartz model from eighty three. Great watch. Love that one. Um, kind of moved on from collecting vintage Seikos because they are a wormhole. Mm -hmm. Had a Bellmatic to your point earlier about how awesome bells are. Bells are sweet. Mm -hmm. Great watches. Mm -hmm. Great watches. Um, nothing, nothing more annoying to your spouse than having that thing going off during dinner. Yeah, you know, and they're what's that noise for? Oh, the, the NFL draft starts in twenty minutes or something <laughs> dumb like that. You know, um, done that before. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, you know, for me. Um, having, having my Submariner, it's my, 
everyday go-to. What was my everyday go-to? Wear it to the beach, drink beers with it, go to work with it, you know, got married in it, you name it. Um, and then started to add some pieces later on um, in the in the collecting phase of, of my of my watch journey because for the longest time I was just a dude with a sub, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't make me special. They're, they're a dime a dozen. I actually was at dinner, was waiting for my table. This is, this is years ago. Waiting for my table. My wife and I are at a bar at a local restaurant and a guy next to me had a two-tone Submariner on. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lefty, so my watch is on my right hand mm-hmm. and his watch is on his left hand. And uh, he looked over, I looked over, I said, hey man, that, that's a great date sub. He's like, oh, well, what are you wearing? I said, this is a regular Submariner. He goes, is that real? It doesn't have a date function. I said, yeah, no, it's, it's not real. You know, why, why, why bother arguing with the guy? He might have beaten me up too. I don't want to get beaten up. But um, it was just one of those things like, hey, you know what? It is what it is, man. Like, you know, have, enjoy your dinner, mm-hmm. you know? It's just Submariner and then date Submariner. So there's a book called All Corvettes Are Red, The Rest Are Mistake. All Submariners are no dates. The rest are mistake. If you have a date sub and you feel hurt by that, please email me at I don't give a shit at gofuckyourself.com. Uh, I'll link, it, so I'll link all, that in the comment section below. Cyclops <laughs> is just chunky. Let's call yeah, it what it is. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. weird. Date justs are different. Date justs, fine. The yeah. clues in the title, date just, right? I'll take it. But a Submariner should be a no date watch. Uh, that's just my opinion. Sometimes I have a sub and I see, a, oh, you have a sub with me. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, you could so low. You just say I have a sub. Because oh, of helium in there, you're all pissed off. Well, listen, I, I, if I have to, I just go. Nice. I just wait for the hissing to stop and I should have put it down. You get parts yeah. of Jersey City and Newark, there's a, there's a, there's a considerable helium. helium but, a, but a big catalyst in my collecting is my wife. My mm. wife's a huge enabler, believe mm. it or not. She's not a disabler. She's an enabler. Um, I'm wearing uh, a Tudor Black Bay right now. She picked out this size. I, I, I picked out the dial. She wanted the 41. I wanted the 36. We bought the, we bought the 41. We have a Hamilton uh, Intramatic autom- uh, Panda. Uh, she picked that out. And then last summer, we were on a cruise in Greece, and my wife bought me a Cartier Santos. So uh, if your spouse is really into the hobby, it can be a very... Um, Beneficial thing in life. Beneficial is the word. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's, I don't know, like, it's just like with my wife as well. She's, she's into it as well. She has her own account. She, you know, she hasn't been super active and I think she made it private a while ago, but she, you know, they, uh, it helps when your spouse is, is into it as well or at least kind of understands it, you know, and I think it's always sort of like the, uh, you know, if you're into it first as the, you know, the, the primary watch collector in the relationship, you almost sort of got to be like that shady drug dealer and give them the gateway, the little free sample or whatever, just to get them hooked. And then they sort of get it. Like my, uh, my, I have a great story with that. So before I, before I even met Eddie, um, so I was, I remember sitting on the ground and she was overlooking my shoulder in like early stages. Of my wife? Instagram. No, my wife. Oh, okay. Before she was my wife. Uh, so I was looking through Instagram and I came across the Khaki King, uh, Hamilton Khaki Ooh, King. Yeah. And my wife goes, wait, what is that watch? Ooh. I said, oh, this is the Hamilton Khaki King. Little did she know, I, I had like 13 
I've been viewing on eBay and, and all sorts of websites and Reddit. And I have been like on the search for one because I really liked it. And she's like, mm -hmm. I really like that watch. I was like, oh, oh do you now? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I got one. I pulled the trigger on it. And it came like, you know, three days later. And she got home. And I think I beat her to the punch. I was like, hey, so you remember that watch you liked? She goes, yeah, I got a well. And uh, she, she, uh, that's her favorite watch, but she, she thinks it's too fancy. She's like, mm -hmm. no, it's, I can't wear it. You know, she's a teacher, so she's very modest and mm -hmm. she, she really tries to, to she kill a handy man. It's an, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really is. Um, she's like, no, it's too, I, I don't, people are going to think I have a lot of money. I don't want to, I'm like, I'm like, this is like a $400 watch. I'm like, $400 is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of watch. Yeah, $400 is a lot of money, right? As, you know, and let's let's make sure we, we want to set that that table sure. now. I say this is only two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, it's money, money, right? Um, so, uh, you know, not not to mention you start getting into the upper echelons and, and getting out of control. Um, but she 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 only wears it like that's like her going out watch. Um, she does, you know, she wants to go out. She'll go okay. You know, you got to set it now. She'll give it to me, and yeah. I'll have to go and, and set the date. Got a she, winder. Yeah, I, I, so I had a winder. So she, she actually, she, I, I'm sure gonna put it out here on, on, on out there because I don't think she's gonna listen to it. Uh, I'm pretty sure she made the mistake and she tried to change the day date. If you guys are familiar with the khaki king, it's the day and the date mm -hmm. below it. I think she tried to change the date and date first before she set the watch, and she got in the danger zone, and the the date reels got jacked up. So I ended up getting, taking it to a, a watchmaker uh, out in Princeton, and they were able to, they had to send it back to Hamilton, which is a whole other thing. I don't get it. Um, the whole purpose of having a, at a 2892 movement would be to service it has, but whatever. But they service it, and it was relatively affordable, and, and we got the watch back, and she loves it, and it's her favorite watch. Um, so, but my, I haven't been able to get any more commitment out of that. Mm. Um when I do buy a watch, she does make like little comments like, "Oh, I don't, I don't remember me getting a watch. Oh, I, I guess, I, I guess I don't get anything." I'm like, I, "I bought you watches. You don't wear them. I bought her a Fitbit, and she wears that." Um, and I, that, that's the extent. So, I do want to say this though: is um, my wife's a bit of a watch nerd. You know, mm -hmm. she'll she'll wear the sub. First two years, she did wear the Hamilton for a while. She has her own Cartier, but she wears an Apple Watch like mm -hmm. religiously. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm proud of her. Because she wears her Apple Watch on a 22 millimeter Uncle Seiko Straight End Jubilee. Nice. Say no more. That, that that's like mic drop. That's right. It really that's is for an Apple Watch. That's pretty cool. 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 Yeah, that's right. Uncle Seiko. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Which I'm jealous because it, it would look great on on my Unimatic, but that's beside the point. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. I think it's I think it's really important when you can bring your spouse into the hobby. I know yeah. when when Robin, my wife, got her uh, or I got her her first kind of like real watch per se. It was the um, Tudor. She got a Tudor Oyster Prince, and it's a really interesting one. It's a Tudor Oyster Prince with a um, salmon dial. I had to source it out of I want to say Osaka. It was from What's Japan. What's the case size on that? Thirty two millimeters it's, okay so, so it was marketed as a boy's size watch mm -hmm. so it was a, it's a boy's size watch it's 32 millimeters with a um yeah salmon dial on it got it serviced got the oyster the oyster strap uh fitted on it perfectly for her wrist and and she loves it i think at that point that's when she really sort of got it per se because then it was like 
brew retromatic then she got a cartier tank and then i got her a solid gold felco which is like an old vintage 1920s kind of a piece um <coughs> all their uh titoni is their the new name of the company titoni owns felco so and now she has this whole collection and it's every day she's bringing me oh can you wind this set this you got it that's it that's her Love yeah, it. It's a beautiful watch. And it's cool because we're, it. we're both Tudor enthusiasts. We both like our Tudors and we'll wear them together. And it's just, you know, it's a way for her to share in the hobby, but also have a really solid, uh, a solid timepiece that she really enjoys and, and she can beat up in all sorts of environments. And, and, and I think once you are able to enjoy a quality timepiece like that and, and have a quality timepiece like that in your hand, that's when you sort of get it. You're like, oh, he's not just spending thousands of dollars on, you know, a g-shock type watch or like a fossil a fossil a mall brand watch or something like that like there's a difference between you know what i buy in the mall and what these watches are not to say there's a problem with those if that's what you're into it's just there's a difference and when someone experiences that it sort of it sort of makes that click and they're able to maybe be a little bit more appreciative of what you're doing you know and it's also nice when you know for example with your sub that the prices go up and now you've you're you know gaining value you're you're making money by owning your watch and things like that as well it doesn't happen for every brand but across the market generally we've seen that happen with most timepieces you're making money having them as well too so it's not a bad investment either you know one of the things that that i thought about when when you said you know with the tutor with the bracelet because let's be honest right like most of your watches and higher end can be three hundred dollars and above that's background noise from the street by the way no worries. Um, um, we're four floors up but you can still get that kind of noise um that's like right not bad right whatever it is it must be a good um, stereo system whatever it is but um but like you know bracelets on 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 watches uh can really set the watch apart right mm-hmm. like seiko doesn't really offer you a nice bracelet on their sub $1,000 type watches, or maybe even now sub $2,000 watches, you know, but to your point though, you can get a 32 millimeter tutor and the bracelet's like butter. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. And it goes back to you with your, with your watch. When you bought your uh, Seamaster Speedmaster. So he, he buys a Speedmaster and it was missing a link mm. or it, it, it didn't fit him properly. And, and he's like, how much was the link? So yeah, so the story goes. We got another like, story. Yeah, you know, I I, I want. I, I said I have a big wrist, and, and it came with. It, it's it's used. Obviously, it was a twenty year old watch. And I was like, man, I really want to get. I want to get a link, but it looks brand new. It looks brand new. I was like, man, but I, look at links from Omega. They're they're thirty five dollars for a link. And Eddie like stopped, turned ninety degrees, and was like, "Are you seriously?" gonna fucking not buy a 35 dollar i'm like i'm like i can buy like 300 nato straps from cheapest natos for 35 dollars like for, for me to, for me in my mind you know we talked about money and how things you know cost to spend 35 dollars on a link i was like i'm like that is the most ridiculous thing i've ever done in the watch hobby he's like if you, you'll spend it he's like you're gonna spend more tonight on food and drink mm-hmm and it and you will not be as comfortable when you get a link in that speedmaster bracelet. So I bought I bought the link, and here we are. I mean, I also so uh, funny enough. So again, I bought a bracelet for what thirty five dollars. I bought a, this this bracelet for my switch with shipping. 
Um, time dollar, remarkable. Uh, which is yeah, I'm very similar, away. very similar to the to the uh, wow. no time wow. to die. It's it, it, we'll, we'll have a set, certain segment. We're not sponsored, but yeah, I bought one for my Boulevard, so it's the same. We bought we Lovely. bought them, and they're really That's nice. The best friends do Rico. Best friends do stuff like this, man. There you go. Phenomenal machine, right? Am I wrong? It is. Oh it, is it is ridiculous. For for the for the for under fifty dollars to have this this type of bracelet, if you if you put on a no time to die, it's a very similar clasp. Mm-hmm. It's a little thick there, but as far butter, absolutely yeah. amazing. Uh, so anyway, so I bought the thirty five dollar link, and I think I wore. I think I don't think I changed the bracelet. And I'll never let you let you live it down. Ever. Yeah. So he he always talked about like you remember that time you were you were complaining about thirty five dollars for a link I was like yeah, yeah, yeah. bitching I don't think so <laughs> but so I think the first time I changed it off that bracelet was to put this on I actually I bought this from my my Seamaster um, because I wanted that it's it's not titanium like the No Time to Die it's stainless steel but it's it's absolutely amazing if if you got one if you don't if uh, if you want to go find one uh, at just go right to their website. It's Helmdahl, Hemdahl. I just realized that your diver, the second best Swiss diver ever, by the way, has uh, one of those case backs where you can see the movement. What are they called again? Display case back. Stupid? No, exhibition. Um, That's what they call them. They mm-hmm. they stop calling them. Unnecessary thickness. Yeah, like why would you do that? Just think about all the water resistance you're missing when I when I have this steel back here. This could be a 600 meter watch. I, I mean, the 600. You still wouldn't go in the ocean with. But that's besides the point. I mean, the 600 meter planet oceans have them too. So I mean, I think it, you know, it, it, I think the thing, I think the thing there is. I need like, to brush up. Well, they're just they're just trying to offer you know something a little bit different, some eye candy. I mean, they realize I think that, you know that uh, most of these people that are buying them are probably going to do what we're doing, which is sit around and nerd out about them. And that's and what not... a real case back looks like. This is what case backs are supposed to look like. Just no frill, case back. I mean, the title. I mean, I think that's what a cheap case back looks like. <laughs> but... Hold on, we're getting some interference. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that's some that I think that's some dollar saving case backs right there. What's that all about? I listen to a lot of your podcasts, right? Obviously, it's one of the reasons. Most of Jeremy's guys. Jeremy's guys. Hashtag Jeremy's guys. So the Pelagos. Why did you pick the Pelagos or, or Pelagos, or however you want to pronounce it, depending on what part? If you're above the 30th parallel, uh, where, where, how do, you, why did you pick that over a sub, over a Seamaster, over a, a Tudor Black Bay, over a, a, the hundreds of, over a, a fucking ridiculous horse? In that price point, you have a lot of fishing ground to go. Yeah, because I, I, I ran the same thing. Nice I, I had the same thing. It was either a, a Black Bay, save a little bit of money, get a Black Bay, or black, I wouldn't get a 58. I'm, I'm a big boy. It's great, but it's a it's a freckle on my wrist. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so Seamaster, Kelly, or sit on a, sit on a wait list for 35 years, and then right before I die, I can buy a submariner. Yeah, I mean it's it's the Pelagos up here. <laughs> the Pelagos. Is there are there are there six U's in the Pelagos? Well, it's, it's like, you know, I, listen, I don't know about it, but you know the Pelagos is a fine it's a fine piece up here, eh? But <laughs> that, that's I think I think that's more Minnesotan. I was sounding like, but hey, anyway. Yeah, you're a little <laughs> anyways, oh, anyway, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, eh? um, listen, bud, you're being a real hoser, okay? <laughs> so with the so so with the Pelagos, I think like one of the things that um, you know, it 
was one of those things where you're right. There's so much in the in the price point, right? And I'd had a lot of I owned a lot of Omega. I'd, I'd had a, like a Bond Seamaster. I'd had a Planet Ocean. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the size and the wearability of the Planet Ocean. I didn't like how thick it was, and it was ridiculously heavy. It was still one of these watches that, to this day, it like you would wear at the end of your day of wearing it. You got like a wear spot on the back of your hand, and exactly, it's it's it wasn't a pleasant wearing experience. Um, and I just I liked the sub. I I I actually um the, the sub I was considering getting is the same one that you have you have Eddie. I love the no date two liner. I think that is like the sub Press to get. Sub. Don't say no date. Don't don't perpetuate yes. the myth. Sorry, you you're right. I'm just the submariner. The submariner. I, I differentiate because I think now most people, you know, synonymously think that the date is the sub, but yes, the submariner two liner, to me that is if you're going to get a sub, that is the sub to get. I absolutely love that watch. Um but at the time that I was purchasing the Pelagos, I was starting to see that really big price increase starting to happen. And uh, A, like we operate on the Canadian peso up here. So, you know, the price differences impact us quite considerably up here a little bit more. 600 maple syrup leaves. What's it? I'm not sure. What's the currency up there? Do you have, is it pelt still? It looks like Monopoly. How many Labatt's blue to a Miller Lite these days? Oh, just stop. Like, what, what's the ratio? These are, these are painfully accurate stereotypes. Please stop. <laughs> but the, um, the... Back to your awesome Pelly, though. Come on. No, cool. no, but... Like... The, like that watch is so awesome. I mean, I'm they getting are so cool. I'm getting around. I'm getting around to the answer. I'm giving you the roundabout answer. I'm building the foundation, and then I will get to Go the point. It. I will get to the point of the pyramid of my story. Um, the uh, it, it just the price increases, and for me, I love the watch. I love the history of the watch. I love the way that the uh, two liner sub looks. But to me, it's not an eight thousand, nine thousand, ten thousand dollar watch, right? It is the greatest three thousand dollar watch that anyone will pay ten grand for. That is that is sort of what bothers me about it, and and that's no slight against the watch. It's a fantastic piece. It just doesn't. I don't. I didn't see the value there. Whereas at the same in the same breath, I could see. You know, this is before the Tudors were really popular. The Black Bay has always been popular in whatever iteration has come out, but up until recently, the Pelagos has always been the afterthought, um, and people never really were particularly interested in it. Um, I loved that it was the only watch that really dove into um, Tudor's history with using a snowflake dial. Um, it's the only one to match the snowflake hands with the snowflake dial. And to almost view itself as a modernization of the Tudor snowflake, but also being Tudor's answer to the Sea Dweller, right? It's a little bit bigger. It's a different material. Instead of creating a heritage-inspired piece, they have heritage, but they brought it thoroughly into the 21st century, and I just love the design of it. I love the design. I had the opportunity to try it on the wrist. It fit. And, I mean, I paid... I'm trying to do the conversion for you guys, but I think I paid like $2,900 US for it because I, it, I got it used from a guy in Montreal. Like, it was... I was gonna say, are you, are you so, wanted so, by the watch? so so you stole the watch. It was basically it ba right. so 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 it was a steal. I got an insanely yeah. good price. It shipped out. I wasn't even sure if it was gonna come. I was like, geez, this thing is like, I I, I this is such a good price. So it came out to to Edmonton where I am across the country, and um, first time I got it wet, all the loom started falling out of the bezel, 
And I was like, oh my god, what did really? I just buy? Yeah, which is like, it's, just, it's a known problem on the Pelagoses from back in the day. Like, it was primarily an issue that came up in the ETA versions, but it wasn't really documented as happening <laughs> in the in-house versions, but it happened to me. So I, the first thing I did is I, is I took it, I packed it up, and I brought it to our local uh, tutor AD, which we're lucky to have one in Edmonton. We don't have a lot of ADs in Edmonton, but we do have a Rolex tutor AD. <laughs> Um, brought it to them and then basically like I bought this watch used and the guy who bought it originally got it gray market but I'm pretty sure this is a manufacturer defect fix this and they went yep no problem they took it sent it back to Tudor uh, or to Rolex Canada which is in Toronto um, had it back to me in three weeks they replaced the bezel 100% did a full service on it checked it send it back and they're like yep free of charge we even covered the shipping we're really sorry that happened never happened again so and since then, I've, I've literally I've, I beat the snot out of the piece. I wear Good. it to work. I wear it all Good day. I've never had that problem since. Um, but the reason that I was drawn to the Pelagos was primarily that history, that design. And I, I viewed it as sort of like uh, there was a, I want to say it was what's the you know, what's that YouTube channel with the guy? He's, he's like the British guy and you always just see his hands and he's always just talking about the watches and Watchfinder, yes. Yeah. So Watchfinder, they did an episode or a little, a little, I guess, like a, a little episode on their on their channel that was essentially comparing. I think it was the sub, or it was either the sub or the sea dweller to the Pelagos, and basically they described it as like the Pelagos is the alternate reality version of the sub, where there was this cra the crazy nineteen sixties competition between Omega and Rolex continued, and there wasn't like the advent of uh, quartz. Uh, timepieces and essentially like they keep trying to one up each other and this is the 21st representation of what the sub or sea dweller would be in the modern context if that development kept happening and i just i love it I, I i just it's one of those things where you put it on the wrist and it just it just feels right and you have that ah! moment and the angels come down the lights shine down your wrist and you're like this is my watch and ever since then i just it's the watch I compare all the, all other watches by, for both value and build quality wise, and I just, I, I I just I love it. It's a great piece, and it's just it's my watch, and it always will be. And I don't there you go, and and it just it never. I don't have that. Like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people buy a Tudor because they want it. They want a Rolex, but they they're not able to get one because of waitlist times. They're not patient enough, or they can't afford one, especially at the current prices that some of them are going for, and it sort of leaves that void that uh, isn't filled and i've just ever since i had ever since i've gotten the tutor i've just never had that desire for anything else I, i've just I just, I just i'm happy with it i love it my neighbor next door to me is a is a rolex collector and the other day he pokes his head over the fence he's like that's a pelagos that's awesome i want to see that right like you and it's still it it has that respected enthusiasm that it gets out of other collectors as well much like the speedmaster does it's just one of those pieces where people see it and they're like nice you know it's and it's and, and one that you don't see very often you know it, it they're out there but people want to handle it they want to see it they want to see what it feels like having that titanium watch in their hand and, and experience it for themselves and I, I think that's just one of those cool little conversation starters and only watch nerds know what it is right that's a great point though i was just um, i didn't want to cut you off but you're absolutely right sometimes you'll see someone in the wild mm -hmm. with a watch on you're like that that motherfucker is a watch nerd. There's mm -hmm. no reason why that guy's wearing it. No, no one, no one accidentally right buys it. Yeah, you don't buy that by mistake. To your point, you walk into your watch dealer, let's just say Tudor, since we're talking about Tudor, 
and I walk out with a black bay or I walk out with the oyster prints, which I mm -hmm. like the oyster prints a lot. They're great, right? Mm -hmm. But the Pelagos buyer, that person, that that person knows what they bought. I and think so. Really stoked about getting it too. I think I think it's like anyone. Yeah, it's 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 an enthusiast piece. It it, it also, in my opinion, like basically the. Um, the Pelagos and the North flag are just so different from everything else in the lineup. Like they are the contemporary 21st century iterations of what they're supposed to be. And everything else is kind of just a heritage inspired watch that basically Rolex isn't allowed to make or won't make and is allowing yeah. Tudor to make in their lineup instead of producing them with the Rolex name on it. Whereas the North flag and the Pelagos and I, and I had Davide Serrato on the show, the man who, who designed both of them. And, yeah. and, and he's literally like, yeah, it's like those were meant to be like, that's supposed to be the modern version of the Explorer <laughs> and the modern version of the Submariner slash sea dweller. And everything else is just kind of, you know, heritage inspired. And I think that that's something that's really, really interesting. And I, I really, cause to me, that's Rolex's mark on the future and the present now. Or, or Tudor's uh, mark on the on the future and the present now, where everything else is sort of just fulfilling that vintage niche, that heritage niche, until that's not popular anymore. And I'm kind of curious about what's going to be Tudor's next step when they have so much of a catalog of a catalog founded in heritage. I have some input here. So if you're looking for me tomorrow, I'll be on the street with a big picket sign saying, "Bring back the fast rider." Yeah, that was just an underappreciated model. I think they were overly priced. I'm not going to lie to you, right? They probably could have come down. But then again, though, this was just after the black base were first reintroduced. Mm -hmm. The brand got resurrected. It just rolled the stone over and walked out of the tomb with the black bay. Mm -hmm. And then it broke out the fast rider. That, that's a great watch. Yeah. And now with all the different chronographs that they're producing, why wouldn't they go back and give you something you know, in that $1,500 range? Well, it gives you that opportunity to do sort of that, you know, like they, cool. they could start pulling from their previous, um, their previous catalog over the last few years. Cause I mean, Tudor still operated in Europe this whole time. It just wasn't back into North America until whenever they kind of started, you know, starting up with the heritage lines again. But I mean, they could start playing with a little bit more of their catalog up until then that they had before, like the Fast Rider, for example, or was there also the the Black Rider as well? The one where it was like so, the, the blacked out motor, motorcycle racing chronograph so, as so well, too? So the Fast too. Rider was like 3500 wasn't yeah. it? I, US. It, 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 was, was, it was pricey for, yeah. for, I mean, I think a regular Black Bay chronograph is less than a Fast Rider was. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not up on exactly the prices, but I think it, I think they are. Mm -hmm. But like I thought they were super duper cool. I remember going out to Hamilton for whatever Hamilton Jewelers, and they're a Tudor AD, and I would just play with one. I'm like, this is a really cool 150 meter chronograph, like just super duper cool. Yeah, the, the Fast Rider Black Shield is the one I'm thinking of. That's like that blacked out one that has the red accents on it. I thought yeah. that was such a cool piece, and you know, it's I mean, it's a little sinister looking. It's kind of yeah. like a you know like a Sith Lord kind of watch or something like that but i mean it's like, very like but it but it's very uh it, but it's it, again it would be very contemporary now and i mean now with like the big craze around ceramics and, and and carbon cases like you could come back with like a fast rider carbon right and put some little there you go there's an idea right there someone could pay four thousand dollars for it you know so we, we talk about so our, our buddy mike who has unfortunately made the decision to purchase not one not two but but three or depending on what country you're from Three Oris Aquas. We still like him though. We still like him. He's I fine. like him. He's fine. He's he invited okay. us to a wedding. Dude. We're gonna. Oh speak. yeah, table one. 
Rick, we're, we're gonna we're gonna give him People a wedding. People won't be banging. Trust me. We have speeches made up, and we're looking forward to his wedding. Uh, yeah, I think Eddie's gonna do it. I'm gonna be. I might be either doing the wedding. I'm not sure. We're not. We're working details out. What I'm trying to get at is, uh, while he has made some mistakes buying the Aquas and buying three Aquas no longer, mm-hmm. um, he also has what might be. What we we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna declare today on your podcast. Is the best chronograph in in production you can purchase today. It's a Zenith. Uh, I, I don't know the specific model, uh, but it's all black. Okay. Um, it feels like it's made of a titanium, but it's. Mm. I forget. There's an actual name of it. It's not titanium. You hold it. You're like it's either a ceramic. It's super light. It has like a, a really nice bracelet with a certain like a, like a, a really weird clasp. Uh, but it might be the best chronograph in production today mm-hmm. uh, if, if you can get one they make one the other brand, they make one like a, like a full brightly model too mm-hmm. they have one that's like all polished it's like super brilliant um i would recommend if you if timepiece teacher not to be confused not to be confused with timepiece love mm-hmm. timepiece teacher is mike um he has a great collection minus his offices he's only done two now he sold one um, but he has a great collection. Uh, he's a teacher as well, hence the teacher name. Um, but he has a Zenith uh, chronograph that is off the charts, way better than anything out there. So if you have a couple of thousand dollars burning all in your pocket and you want a chronograph, talk to Mike. Uh, they make a, they have an all steel polished one, mm-hmm. uh, but get the black one, get the stealth one. Dates at six o'clock. It's not like a. Uh, a regular El Primero where the date's at like a 4.30. It's at 6 o'clock, uh, three, three register, El Primero movement. Outstanding movement. Great job on Mike to get that and redeem himself. Clunky class. Clunky class, but it's got like a weird... Awkward. Awkward. You gotta like, there's like, a, there's like a secret handshake you gotta do to get it off. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a problem. But the watch itself is off the charts. Flyback. Flyback chronograph. Um, a secret uh and there's a lot of those watches out there and and that's where you know it's been great to meet some more watch we, we've met mm-hmm. about three or four new watch people in our group that have brought in some phenomenal pieces that we have never known about you know mike's mm-hmm. a good example um jonathan other jonathan that's the fun about meetups is that you get a chance to check out things that you wouldn't be able to check out in a local ad or something like that specifically when it, when it comes to micro brands and like a zenith is, is it ceramic what the hell is that watch is it is, is it um, titanium it's not titanium it's like blacked out it's Alcron is what the actual it's, marketing it's name is ridiculous i need a picture up hang on yeah Wait. it's not aluminum but it's some sort of coating but it, it is it, it is ultra light um it has a it has a, a, a bi-directional bezel uh Definitely one of the best chronographs out there if you can get your hands on one. It's pricey. I want to say it's north of five grand. Mm. Um, they are definitely a pricey watch. But if you're looking to spend some money, don't don't get a Daytona. You don't need to get a Daytona. Cut it out. That's it right there. That's oh yeah, that's that's a lovely piece. And it is just ridiculously light. First of all, yeah. And wow, that's like killer. That's Some like watches that, are collection killers. This is a collection killer. It's like a blacked out version of like the Felix Baumgartner 
watched the guy who jumped out of the Red Bull thing and from the stratosphere. Yeah, you think he wore like a rainbow version of that, but essentially there's like a, that's like the blacked out version of that watch, which is really really interesting piece. I love that it has a dive bezel on it as well too. Yep. Yeah. 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 It, it, that's a great watch, and, and and what's nice is that we've between all of us we've all been able to kind of either express certain certain things, certain watches that none of us have seen. Again, it could be a value watch. It could be like the Citizen, right? It could mm-hmm. be this. It could be. A six thousand dollar Zenith chronograph. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a it could be a broad arrow Speedmaster. Right? Be a long A. Could be a long A, right? We do have a long A in the group. We have we have officially added a long A owner to our posse. Um, so we're we're kind of a big deal. Um, on top I'm of not that, trying to brag anything. Yeah, I mean, we know, have not trying to do multiple six one three. Jeremy's guys have have evolved. Hashtag Jeremy's guys. We have become. You have a guy, uh, uh, Rakan, um, out of Virginia. Well, he doesn't live in the tri-state area. He, he did venture up north. The Ultraman is a cool watch in person. Mm. I was not sure about it, yeah. right? Yeah. I love Speedmasters. Never saw an Ultraman up close, right? Cool. I'm at this get-together, and I got the Ultraman, and I'm like, now I get it. I understand it. And you know what? I fully endorse it. What a beautiful top, watch. Top beautiful watch. Yeah. Well, I think I that's the number one. The number one Speedmaster currently is the, is the current uh, Hasselite three eight six one. If you do not have one of those three eight six ones, if you have like an eighteen sixty one, but if you have a Sapphire eighteen sixty one, take it in your hand, open window, open window, and just throw it away. throw the fuck out. Yeah. It's garbage. Yeah. It's it's it 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 is might as well be a knockoff. It's garbage. The Ultraman. Is the, way to go. the Ultraman. Beautiful. The Ultraman. So you have three six one. Ultraman is probably two. Broad Arrow three. Um, it, it depends on my mood. Uh, the Ultraman lights add some color. I've always been a fan of the Japan racing version, personally, with the red the red racing dial. I think the yeah. things is beautiful. They made the that's the one they put in the uh, Mark IIs as well. But uh, again, yes. like twenty thousand dollars now for one of those or something like yeah. that. Just and then. Yeah, it's 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 insane, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you guys are bringing up an awesome point. Just like you know, it's one of the great things about this hobby is everyone's coming at it from a different angle, and everyone's bringing all sorts of you know benefits to the, when we get together and different strengths and and different um, pieces to help us enjoy and kind of spread some of the love throughout the whole uh, the whole pantheon of of watches that are out there for sure. Um, you know, we're running on probably about two and a half hours here now. So I, I, we are going to have to uh, start wrapping her up. Is this, this going to be a two part episode? Oh, I don't think this is good. Yeah, this is, yeah, they're flicking, they're flicking the light at you from right. the back of the stage, but no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a one part episode. So we're going to get this all out at once. And, I got, I'm, I'm booked up all May, man. So I got, I, I, this is good. Well, I'm, I'm I booked up. I'm I'm booked up all the way into June now. So, I maybe maybe we'll split it up into two parts. I'm not sure. We'll we'll see. I'll I'll have to go back and kind of look at how it looks in all its totality. But my we point is, probably, Rico, we, we should probably be like 20 minutes tops. Rico, if you want to, if this is your way of saying we can come back next month, we are in. We, are, we got it. If it's a reoccurring role, I get you know, the sense. Send us a contract. Find all the funds on this side of the table. Listen, so I, I get I get the sense that we could probably definitely turn this into a whole thing. And I'll let you I'll let everyone know, just all my audience, I officially have upgraded to Zoom Pro. So 
now I paid the whole 20 bucks a month so that now we could all talk from our own homes instead of having to have you guys together in one place without having the 40 minutes that times out for having too many screens. So now next time we can do this all from our respective living rooms and our own headsets and microphones and it'll be that much Asking nicer. For trouble. But... But what's the fun of that? You sit next to him for two hours is actually enjoyable. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you guys get along so well. But the point is that I'm getting around to it. You guys keep dragging me back out. It's like every time, every time I'm out, every time I think I'm out, you guys pull me right back in. Was it the yeah, God, yeah, Godfather or whatever it was? Anyways. Because I have no helium, that's why. There you go. <laughs> so... My my final parting question is the question that I you know try to ask most of my guests is if you could each impart one piece of wisdom that you've learned over the years uh, you know as you know collectors of being in this community just you know being the wise men that you are now um, you know what would that piece of advice be that you would impart to someone who's new into this space or new into this hobby. First time I've heard you be silent the whole time. <laughs> I would, I would probably say, um, I would probably say, just enjoy the hobby and the people that you're going to yeah. meet along the way. You know, yeah. don't make the hobby about the hardware; make it about the relationships. That's great advice. Uh, definitely, I think that's something that's been very uh, demonstrated just in this conversation over the last couple hours. Is this? It's all about the people. It's all about the people and the and the the relationships yeah. that you build through this hobby over time. What about you, Alex? You're going to meet the people that own Norris. It's okay. They own watches. They have an enthusiasm towards it. Lead them away from the darkness towards the light. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, the, the old adage of, you know, buy what you like is, is huge. But when it comes to the actual the watch fan community, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's anybody in relationship like Eddie and I have. Probably not a lot out there. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of friends out there whether it be the Tom Excited group, whether it be our local chat. Um, we've met a lot of great people. Um, it's been amazing to kind of appreciate everybody. Be open-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, don't just kind of be out there. You can have fun with one another. Coming from the car world into the watch world as a car enthusiast, um, you know, like love the mechanical stuff. People have their own little you know, fiefdoms, if you will. Um, to be open-minded, to be accepted, don't be don't pigeonhole yourself into one segment, right? Everybody has different opinions. Um, the watch world is definitely better that way than the car world. The car world is domestic, Japanese, German. You know, there's a lot of seg. Even in, in each segment is it's broken out. Um, in the watch world, it's different. Someone like, like for me, I have a, a Swiss diver next to a Japanese diver next to a uh, you know an American watch company with a Swiss quartz movement next to uh, you know the first Japanese, the first chronograph, automatic chronograph ever made. Enjoy the hobby, enjoy the fun, enjoy the passion. Don't get, don't get bogged down into the minutia, into the, into the, well, that's that, then not the, don't, don't. Save yourself time, find yourself some people that um, want to know more about watches, want to know what you have to collect. Mm -hmm. um, and have fun with it. This is a great hobby for, you said before, this is an antiquated technology, right? It's like, it's like horse drive, horse riding. That's gone, right? No one, no one has a horse anymore. We all have cars and we all go. It's populated in the future. Right. This isn't, we're not cutting edge technology. Yeah. There's so much out there. Um, 
you know, find find a group of folks. We're here in the tri-state area. We're more than happy to take more people. If you own if you own an Oris, we'll consider it. <laughs> got a back burner. We'll take anybody. We have We're a pretty couple, Unfortunately, we have desperation a couple, is a huge part of this. We have a couple of Oris owners currently. Uh, someone recently, Jeremy, actually bought one. Uh, despite everything I've tried to do, uh, he still did it anyway. Um, probably pressured to do it. I get it. Um, but we're here for everybody. We want to. We want to continue to be. There's. There's a lot of people. There's more of Eddie and I out there than there are of those snobs. That if you don't have a Rolex, you can't. You can't come to our party. For sure. There's way more of us than there are of them. Yeah, so we have number of snobs. Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. I would think. There's more people willing to wait in line for a, a moon swatch than uh, than there is to people that they kind of turn their nose up at it. And if you don't. If you don't buy the a 1965 Ed White, then you ain't shit. We ain't mm-hmm. that, or we're not that group. There's mm-hmm. way more of us than there are of them. So, if you're looking to get in, uh, look for look for look for us. That's what that's great advice from from both you guys, and I think definitely applicable to to anybody coming into this space, new or old, or or you know any even the established people. It's a good reminder about what the watch community is really about. What are uh, what are some of the landing spots or ways in which people can uh, get in contact with either one of you if they want to give you feedback about this episode or reach out to you to join your, your enthusiast group or just want to kind of shoot the breeze and talk about watches with you guys? I just stick with Instagram, right? You know, uh, Wound Wheels, Clocks on the Rocks, uh, fire out a, a DM. And um, absolutely, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're not leading some huge movement out here you know we just uh, have met up with some locals that have um have had the luxury of not only being digitally connected but also connected personally which mm-hmm. is a nice thing mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i think that's uh something that you know if anyone just wants to have good genuine conversation with a couple of enthusiasts who just enjoy watches and are going to want to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about i think that you're two of the, the best dudes people can reach out and talk to for sure we're going to kidnap him in november We'll see you in November for sure, man. What definitely, yeah. I'm really looking forward to heading down and seeing you guys and, and visiting the uh visiting uh, New York and kinda seeing everyone in person and, and that'll be a lot of fun. Uh likewise for myself, anybody who's interested in uh chatting about uh you know watches this episode any other episode questions comments feedback shoot me an email over at rico's watches podcast at gmail.com additionally if you want to follow along with the show uh, for updates giveaways photos just have a cool conversation shoot me a dm over at rico's watches podcast on instagram uh, if you enjoy my episodes in an audio medium across the uh, vast space of all the podcasts and platforms and would like to enjoy it in a video medium you can head over to the rico's watches podcast youtube channel this episode will be there along with 70 plus other episodes of uh, the show uh, most of them which feature video as well uh eddie alex it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys i couldn't ask for better guests. You had so much Thank fun. It, it's great the, hearing the, from you guys. The pleasure's all on here your side. on this side. Of the uh, it's. I, I. I wish we had done it sooner, but I. Something tells me we will probably do it again. So whether it's or it'll be like maybe I'll get a few of you guys all in here or something like that. And obviously, there's you know I've had so many guys all from the same kind of group now on the, on the show. It would be awesome to have everyone on here. But um, yeah, I'd really look forward to doing think this of, again. Think of it like interviewing the, the Avengers. 
There you go. Or, I, that's a, I don't know what that means. Or, or, I have or no idea. I'm not, a, I'm not a superhero guy. I have no idea. No idea. You can have Neil here. Jer- Jer- you have to nerd it Jeremy, up now. You waited two hours to nerd it up. I think, I think Eddie might be Ant-Man. I have no idea what that means. Is that a good thing? I, hopefully, I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> we won't. We won't. We won't. Uh, we, we won't go down that avenue. That that could sounds like a whole other episode. So, anyways, guys, it's been a pleasure. I've absolutely loved chatting with you guys, and this is gonna be a great episode. I think people are gonna absolutely love it. It'll be phenomenal. Thank and, you, man. Um, yeah, you guys have a wonderful time, and signing off. <laughs>